Madam Chair, the room is ready. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this is the Planning Commission meeting for June 26th. Welcome. Um, we have lots of members of the public tonight, so welcome to this meeting. Uh, we have, before we get going, um, Drew is going to read the particulars of a hybrid meeting for us. Good evening, my name is Drew Bilby, planner, and I will be helping to facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting proceedings. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat to me. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I will turn the meeting back over to Chair Ashworth. Thank you very much, Drew. And our first order of business this evening is election of Planning Commission officers for 2023 to 2024. So I do have a nomination to make and then I will ask for other nominations. Um, I would like to nominate Commissioner Gary Rexrode as the next chair of the Planning Commission. Are there any other nominations? Seeing none, do I have a second for that nomination? Second. Commissioner Carter seconds. Um, any discussion? Okay, can we have a vote um, to, for Commissioner Gary Rexrode to be the next chair of the Planning Commission? Yes. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? I abstain. Mm <laughs> okay, motion carries. We now have a new chair for the Planning Commission, and I will now turn it over to Commissioner Rexrode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's uh, two items um, right up front. Um, the first item is the selection of a vice chair, and uh, I have a nomination for that. I'd like to nominate Prashanth Duver as vice chair and uh, certainly entertain other nominations. Seeing none, is there a motion for... Commissioner Dever, Chelsea, yes, thank you. Um, those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstains? Abstain. Thank you. And we have a new vice chair. <laughs> so thank you all for that very much. Thank you very much. One last thing before we get going. There's uh, might seem a bit of a formality, but it's actually pretty special. Um, and that's a presentation of recognition to our outgoing chair, Sharon Ashworth. Um, for the work he did um, in this past year. Um, it seems like it was yesterday um, when you know. <laughs> and see, well, it does to me, it seems like it was yesterday. And to, to think just a year ago, you brought us back from COVID meetings into now all in-person meetings that um, the number of items, the magnitude of the things that you oversaw um, and helped this group through was really pretty impressive. Um, you were uh, both, um, great counsel to me and a great example and uh, just really big shoes to fill. So thank you so much, Sharon, for everything you've done for the commission. There's this really, really awesome yeah. plaque. Well, thank you. So thank you. Thank you. I'd say the second time somebody's given me a mallet after leaving position, <laughs> I think I might have to take a hint about what that means. But um, 
But thank you. But thank you. All right. So I've learned a lot. So, and I'm glad to hand it right over to your capable, yours and Commissioner Diverse capable. Thank you very much. Of the meetings. All right. And with that, um, on to uh, the agenda. Um, we'll step through um, a little bit of pre-work here. Um, we want to receive um, and amend uh, and approve the action summary of the minutes uh, from our previous two meetings. Um, could I uh, hear a motion to approve those minutes? So moved. Thank you. Second? Charlie, thank you. Any discussion? Signify approval by saying aye. 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 Opposed? And it passes. Thank you. Um, now it's time to receive reports from committees that have met over the past month. Um, there are three items here. Uh, the first one up is um, the Lawrence Douglas Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board. Is there an update here? No? Nothing to say? All right. Land Development Code Update Steering Committee. Um, uh, that work has been, uh, uh, has been really quite slow. There hasn't been anything to report in the past month, although there is a significant meeting coming up on this Thursday where we're working through the very first modules coming back from the consultants. Public meeting, and I'd sure encourage everyone to attend 4 o'clock at Riverfront, assuming the power's on, um, and I think Zoom. I think Zoom as well. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Any other feedback or comment on that? Um, the last item is uh, the Wind Regulation Ad Hoc Committee. Um, this committee, the four of us, continue to meet weekly plus. Um, in this past month, we've met with industry with uh, Evergy. Uh, we've met um, with uh, some, uh, a group of people out in the Marion Township, the Marion Town Hall. Uh, and we continue to work regularly and with, I, I think, pretty good progress um, in uh, our work through the code. Uh, we don't have a date firm on when we plan to turn that uh, final body of code in, but we're closing on it. A little bit more fidelity on that as we get closer to it. Any questions? Anything else to add about that, gentlemen, that I want to add? All right. Uh, moving forward, uh, do we have uh, any communications, to, written communications received from the public? All communications were included as part of your packet this evening. Thank you. Uh, received written communications from staff, planning commission, or other commissioners? None this evening. Received written action of any waiver request determinations made by the city engineer? Also none this evening. Time to disclose any ex parte communications for items uh, tonight. Well, nothing. I have one. Um, I have. Uh, we have an item to talk about uh, um, a uh, special use permit for uh, the children's uh, daycare center. Um, I've spent uh, a bit of time working with that group, talking to, touring the facility, and uh, meeting with um, their staff to understand their mission. So, um, any declarations of abstentions from specific agenda items by commissioners tonight? All right, it's time for general public comment. This is the first round of public comment. And this is designed, this time is designed for comments that you might have that are not a part of tonight's items, tonight's formal agenda. So anything that's not on the agenda that you'd like to speak to, if you'd come to the podium, state your name, and uh, have three minutes. Is there anyone online, Drew? Nope. Seeing none. Let's move on to our formal agenda. 
Um, I'd like to make a, a suggestion of an order change on tonight's agenda. I'm seeking your approval to move items four and five from positions four and five to one and two. I think that's a good idea. Any objection to that? Do I need to take a vote for that? Let me refresh my memory real quick here because I thought I had the answer and then I started to say something. <laughs> Where, yeah, just the, the request. Oh, you're you're checking. I'll say. <clears throat> it, the items may be taken in any order by a majority vote of the commissioner, so we would need a vote to move those items. All those approving a change of the order of the agenda, say aye. 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 Opposed. There we are. All right. So with that, we'll begin with items four and five. Um, this is uh, two separate items, but they go together. Um, there's a first item is a rezoning, um, and that is something that's done ahead of a, uh, a preliminary plat approval. But we'll work both of those items at the same time. We'll have um, a uh, report from staff. The applicant will have 10 minutes to um, add color to, provide other additional information. And we'll move to general public comment on the item. Um, each person wishing to speak to that will have three minutes. Please approach the podium, state your name, and you have three minutes. And then we'll come back to the applicant for five minutes to answer any questions for clarity, and we'll bring it back to the commission. Once general comment is over, we'll stop with general comment, and we won't come back to um, the audience unless there's a question from commissioners. So with that, I think Catherine Week is our planner. Catherine? Could you walk us through, this, through this, uh, these two items, please? Hey, good evening, commissioners. Catherine Reek. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so we can get the presentation started here. <clears throat> and let me know that you can see that all right and all. Yes. <laughs> Okay, again, so this is a, a two-part application item for a rezoning and preliminary development plan. Uh, the property location is at 1717 Research Park Drive. Um, and first we have a rezoning. Uh, the proposed rezoning is to an RS3 with a PD or plan development overlay. Um, and that is why you'll be seeing this accompanied by a preliminary development plan. Okay, so again, our first item is the rezoning. Um, the current zoning district for this property is IBP, which is Industrial Business Park District. Um, and it is proposed to be rezoned to an RS3 with a PD overlay. RS3 is a single detached dwelling or single residential district. Uh, the PD overlay um, imposes some flexibility and some restrictions, um, uh, which is why it's accompanied by that preliminary development plan. The property area is approximately 1.73 acres. This is the general location and surrounding zoning for the property. It is located at the northwest corner or intersection of Research Park Drive and West 18th Street. Some general zoning in the area to the north and northeast is the remainder of that IBP district that this parcel currently resides in. There's some RS7 or single uh, residential, single dwelling residential to the south, RS10, another single dwelling residential to the west. 
there's also some GPI or in institutional uh, 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 district to the south. A little bit of IL over in the corner um, along Wakarusa Drive. So general land uses in the area is primarily residential, single dwelling residential to the west and to the south. There is some multi-dwelling residential immediately to the north. And then the remainder of that IBP or industrial park uh, business park district um, is to the west, northwest. Um, a lot of that property is still vacant, but some of it is currently developed. Just a note about public notice. Uh, notice signs are required to be put out by the applicant. Uh, staff does publish the newspaper notice and written notices mailed by staff. Uh, just a, a note, um, we did have a couple calls prior to the uh, printing of the staff report. All written correspondence has been received as of 10 a.m. is included in your packet today. And there are some numerous concerns um, outlined in that correspondence, which may, we may want to discuss or the commission may want to discuss. So I'm going to put these slides at the end too, but this is a, just a refresher for our uh, uh, group in the audience and the commission for rezoning uh, review and the criteria. I'm going to go ahead and outline a couple key points for this particular rezoning before we go into the review criteria. So this rezoning request um, is submitted concurrently with that preliminary development plan as required by the code. Uh, the intent of the rezoning and preliminary development plan is to, to uh, develop for detached dwelling uh, development on the property. Uh, the rezoning to a PD overlay offers, as I mentioned, some flexibility um, in things like density and lot size, some parking numbers. Those modifications are required to be approved by the City Commission. And you'll see a couple of those modifications in this particular request uh, this evening. The site is currently vacant. It was most recently approved back in 2019-2020 for what is considered construction condos or business support condominiums. Um, that uh, site plan has since expired, um, so this is the new uh, development proposal for the site. <clears throat> so that review criteria that we go through and outline uh, when we are reviewing any rezoning application or the golden factors. Um, they're outlined here and they're in more detail in the staff report. I can go over any of them uh, specifically uh, when we get to them. Uh, the first is the conformance with the comprehensive plan. Uh, so we look at whether or not uh, it does meet the goals. Several goals are outlined and itemized uh, in that staff report showing the confirmation or the conformance with that comprehensive plan, the goals of the comprehensive plan. Whether or not the zoning and the use of nearby property, um, whether it's compatible, um, this staff report did find that this criteria was met, that it could be compatible um, with this particular development uh, based on the adjacency to other residential uh, neighborhoods and being in the southwest uh, corner of this particular industrial park and due to the fact that the property has been vacant for a number of years. The third criteria is whether there are any plans or area plans for the neighborhood um, or sector plans. This property is not in any area or sector plan, so the comprehensive plan is the overarching uh, guiding document uh, for uh, review for any area or neighborhood development. Uh, 
whether or not the suitability of the property for the uses to which it has been restricted under its current zoning regulation. That is that uh, industrial business park district. Uh, currently, it has remained vacant. Um, there was an approved plan, as I mentioned, back in 2019-2020 for uh, a business use. Um, uh, the applicant has indicated that markets have shifted and changed, and they wish to pursue a residential development at this time. Whether or not the subject property is vacant, it is currently undeveloped, um, it has not been developed, so it is a vacant property. Um, this would be what would be considered an infill development since uh, existing infrastructure is nearby um, and a develop the area around it is a developed area. And then the next criteria is whether or not approving uh, the rezoning will detrimentally affect nearby properties. Staff has gone through some outlines of uh, potential detriments. Staff does feel that this particular development um, could be compatible with the area, um, and we can discuss those criteria points um, as we delve into the discussion on this particular rezoning. And then whether or not there's any gain, if any, to the public health, safety, and welfare due to the denial of the application as compared to the hardship imposed on the landowner if that application is denied. And again, staff felt that it met all of the criteria for review under the golden factors for a rezoning request. All rezoning uh, requests are required to come in with a development uh, concept plan because this is uh, partnered with a preliminary development plan. That preliminary development plan acts as the concept plan uh, for the rezoning as well. Um, this is the overall layout um, of the 14 uh, dwelling units that are proposed with that preliminary development plan and just a general concept of what a typical unit or dwelling unit could look like in the elevations. So this did meet the criteria for concept for the development for rezoning. A little bit of the details um, about the preliminary development plan. I'll start with the key points uh, for that. Again, the property had been zoned for IBP or is zoned for IBP or industrial business park and had been approved for a commercial or business use that has since expired. Um, and the applicant has indicated they wish to develop as a residential development at this time. The IP, IBP district does not permit a residential development, so thus the request for the rezoning and the preliminary development plan. The PD overlay does, as I mentioned, allow for some modifications which um, must be approved by the city commission. These are not um, uh, waivers or variances. These are modifications that are outlined in the code for PD developments. Um, you'll see two of them uh, that we'll discuss here in just a moment with this particular request. Uh, one of them is a par parking modification request, and the other is an adjustment to uh, lot size. Both of those are outlined um, in uh, Article 7 under 2701 or specifics, um, specific flexibility items that are permitted to be modified under the City Commission approval. Also of note is that this property received um, a city engineer waiver request that was approved by uh, the city commission in uh, May of 2020 for a reduction in access point from an intersection. That waiver was approved from a minimum of 250 feet to 185 feet. Um, that would be the distance to the center line 
for the access point. This particular preliminary development plan is utilizing roughly that same access uh, location. They've actually uh, increased the distance just a bit from that 185 feet that they were approved for to 220. So um, they've been improved that uh, uh, waiver from the city engineer that was approved by the city commission in May of 2020 with this particular access location. And the property is currently platted as one lot um, and the preliminary development plan will serve as a preliminary plat, which would create the 14 individual single dwelling uh, lots on this particular proposal. Uh, total area of the property is, as I mentioned, 1.73 acres. Uh, the proposed zoning is the RS3, which is our smaller single detached dwelling uh, residential district with that PD overlay. There is no additional right-of-way being proposed. All of the right-of-way is already uh, in existence um, at this location. The proposed number of lots is 14. Uh, with that modification request per section 2701, the applicant is asking for a range of lot areas from 2,414 uh, up to 4,042 feet. So the minimum lot area in RS3 is typically 3,000 square foot. So they're asking for slightly smaller uh, lot sizes um, under that PD development overlay district. And they're also asking for an uh, excess of 14 parking spaces for visitor parking located at the ends of some of the access drives internal access drives. Um, and that request is also a modification uh, that is permitted for residential uses if it is approved by city commission. So two modifications, this particular preliminary development plan. Here. And so we have a slightly different review criteria for preliminary development plans. Um, again, uh, it does cover whether or not the plan is consistent with the comprehensive plan. And as I mentioned, um, in the rezoning criteria, staff did felt, feel that it does, again, meet the criteria for the comprehensive plan um, for preliminary development plan review. And then whether or not the preliminary development plan uh, is consistent with the PD or plan development standards of section 2801. Um, and that uh, staff outlines in the staff report all of those criteria that are met uh, under that PD designation or plan development designation. Um, those include the nature of the open space, um, size of the open space, um, whether or not um, there's any conservation of open space required, um, whether or not the de development plan makes adequate provisions for public services and provides adequate control over vehicle traffic and any amenities uh, for recreation, visual enjoyment, um, whether or not uh, the preliminary development plan will adversely impact uh, development or conservation of the neighborhood, either by, and there are three criteria, um, whether it's doubling or more the traffic generated by the neighborhood, whether or not it's proposing housing types or building heights or building massings that are incompatible with established neighborhoods or patterns, or increasing the residential density 34% or more above the density of adjacent residential properties. So those are the criteria for what a plan development could potentially uh, deem as detrimental uh, to neighboring uh, neighborhoods. 
and then whether the potential adverse impacts have been mitigated to the maximum uh, practical extent, and then the sufficiency in terms of conditions proposed to protect the interests of the public um, and the residents in the PD or at plan development in case that plan proposes a development over a period of years. And this is not a phased development. This would be assumed to be um, a single phase development and then the individual lots may obviously sell uh, individually after that initial development uh, goes in. Staff did feel that all of these criteria for the preliminary development plan uh, were met. This is just a graph, uh, a visual image showing what that uh, potential open, uh, common open space is. The requirement for plan development is that 20% of the total lot area um, would be common open space. In the case of this lot area, that equates to approximately 15,070 square feet. Um, and then at least 50% of that, um, in this case about 7,500 square feet, would be deemed for recreational open space. And staff just provided this graphic to show what areas are considered common open space versus uh, private open space that are adjacent to uh, the actual dwelling unit. So anything shaded in light blue could potentially be that uh, common open space. And it does far exceed that 15,070 square feet. Just to give you a general idea, um, this kind of corner over here in the corner is roughly 5,000 square feet. So there's uh, more than enough 7,500 square feet that could uh, be designated for some type of recreation use, whether that be picnic tables or ball throwing areas or um, any type of recreation that could be deemed a common re recreation space. So that was just a visual graphic to kind of help outline private versus common space. So this particular uh, proposal, because there are two separate applications, it, in fact, this is going to require four separate motions and votes from you as the Planning Commission. Uh, one would be related to the rezoning itself. That would be a motion and a vote in and of itself. The second would be a motion uh, for the preliminary development plan. And then two votes, uh, a motion and vote for each modification. One, to reduce the required lot sizes um, uh, from the traditional uh, size in the RS3 district. And two, the modification to provide uh, 14 excess parking spaces over and above what is required for a single detached dwelling units, which would be 28. So they're providing a total of 40, 42. And then again, staff is recommending approval of the IBP to RS3-PD zoning and then forwarding uh, that recommendation of approval onto city commission. Um, and then staff is also recommending approval of the preliminary development plan and forwarding that recommendation uh, for approval onto the city commission for consideration as well as recommending approval for the two modification requests associated with the plan or preliminary development plan or reduction of lot sizes and or excess park parking and forwarding those on to rec uh, with a recommendation of approval to the city commission. And in case you need a refresher in your discussion points, I do have the slides for rezoning review uh, and or preliminary development plan review handy if we want to uh, have them up during the discussion, either item. 
and I'd be happy to stand for any questions or clarifications if you should have them. Catherine, thank you. Very good. Um, it's time uh, if the applicant, Mr. Blot. Um, are you here for Mr. Blot? I'm Roger Johnson. Okay, all right. Uh, again, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to my attempt to bring another housing project to Lawrence. My vision for this project began with my mother. After my father passed away, she wanted to move out of her larger home to a smaller, more manageable home. She didn't want to live in a town home. She still wanted to feel her independence. We looked for something that is newer with maintenance provided. There was nothing around Lawrence we could find. With that in mind, I feel this project will blend seamlessly between the existing care facility to the north and the single family neighborhood to the west. Prior to this project, this project was approved with a more commercial use, but with the economy slowing, this project feels like a much better fit for this location. I understand there are some concerns about the higher density of this project. The future owners for this project are wanting the smaller yards and homes. These people do not want a larger yard or a home to maintain. All homes will have single family, will have single car garages. We envision these future owners only driving to the doctor's office, the pharmacy, the grocery store, and their grandchildren's school events. With less cars in area, this will reduce the worries for more traffic than was approved with the prior project. Again, I thank you for your time. If you have any questions for me or Alan Balot, he's here. And I guess I would like to say one thing in the very end. If you really want more young families in Lawrence, this gives 14 more affordable homes these older people will move out of for these young families to move into. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. We'll come back to you here after uh, public comment. I think staff has done such a thorough job of the report that I really can't think of anything else except ask, you can ask questions. All right. Do you have any questions? Alan, we likely will. When we uh, finish with public comment, um, we'll come back to you. Okay. Is that okay? Thank you. All right. You bet. And it is time for uh, general public comment. Um, if you are here to speak on this item, I'd ask you to please approach the podium, state your name. And you have three minutes to share uh, your comments, your thoughts, your feedback. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Douglas Shepard, 5008 West 18th Street. So I am the third house down from that. So we built that house in 2012. Before I start, though, I had a letter from my neighbor, Bob Siegel. Did everyone get that already? I know he spoke with um, Kath, or Kathy, Catherine, so I'm not sure, but I can read that later. But I just wanted to, I think it's moving in the right direction for it to be residential. And I do think that in hearing it out loud, if it are senior citizens or older grandparents moving in there, that's great. But I don't think that's gonna be the case. It's gonna be younger families. It's a lot more traffic in that area. And ideally, if we kept it to a quarter of that, four or five homes in there, and you get more transitional style from where we're at there on that corner, and maybe the, the smaller, more dense housing is closer to Bob Billings, would make more sense. But it is trending in the right direction, and I think a lot of our neighbors, we've spoken about this, like in a perfect world, we'd like just to buy the lot back and make it a green space, make it a park or something, just so it doesn't, you know, 
there's so much that everyone loves about that community. It's, it's tucked away back there and just adding 14 more homes feels like a lot. Um, I will say that, like making it residential is a lot better than, than what it was currently at. So it is a step in the right direction, but it's just, that's a small lot. And I, I do agree with him. It's older folks probably don't want to take care of a yard as much. So it makes sense to have that, but 14 just seems like way too many. So if we got that down to maybe four or five and maybe they're at that three or 400 K range and then it's transitional style closer to Bob Billings, uh, would be what I would, what I would think, and then my neighbor Bob Siegel, who lives right up from me, I just want to make sure that is on the notes that you guys did receive that. I think it's in the packet. Okay, I don't want to use all of, all my time. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Shepard. Anyone else in the room here to speak on this item? Drew, while they're coming up, do you know if there's anybody online? I haven't seen anybody yet. All right, we'll look here in a minute. Good evening. My name's Pat Abersole. I bought the home at 5000 West 18th Street, March 2018. Um, love the area, love the homes, left a beautiful lake house in Michigan to come live in Lawrence to help my mother. In 2019, all the trees disappeared, big trees, so lots of roots were disturbed underneath the ground. So in May, June, July, let's see, May, June, July, and August of that year, I had water running across my property and across my driveway, probably six to 10 feet wide for as long as two hours at a time. The Mayor Lisa Lauren, I believe is her name, somebody in the neighborhood knows her, and she came out and sat in front of my driveway and watched all this water go across. Now the land has got um, grass growing everywhere and so I haven't had that much problem but my concern is we've put in 14 houses all the walkways all the driveways all the streets that I'm going to be back to the same problem I talked to Mr. Mike Bond back in 2019 he came out and looked at the property, the gentleman that owns it, had some workers come and rearrange the dirt around the pipe that takes the water from the holding pond out into the street and, and on down the way. Uh, but the berm on the west side of the holding pond was built with basically topsoil. Now I know somebody who's running a backhoe, they grab the dirt that's closest. They had brought in probably 50 to 200 loads of clay dirt. How do I know that? Because I stood there and watched the dump trucks come in for probably over a week. And the dirt fell out of the dump trucks and not a drop fell off of it. Nothing fell out. It was very packed. So if you stand on my driveway right now and you look across the holding pond, you will see that the land that's on the east side of the holding pond is now six, maybe eight feet higher than what it was when he purchased the uh, land. So my concern is <laughs> when I purchased the house and we had the final inspections, I talked to the elderly couple who were selling it and I looked in the sump pump, not a drop of water. All the rocks were completely dry. So I quizzed them about that. I'm an old farm girl, so I know a little bit of things, enough just to get me in trouble. They said they had basically never had any water in that sump pump. It had ran less than five times in the last 18 years. 
Well, guess what? My sump pump is always wet, and in August of 2018, there was so much water being coming underground that it came through the wall of the house around the main pipe that brings the water into the house. Luckily, it ran down the wall, ran into a drain beside the sump pump. So, Ms. Abersall, I need to ask you to wrap up, please. Okay, so my concern is the drainage. Not been taken care of. I've talked to Mike Bond several times. He came out and still same problem. Got that note. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Drew, anyone online? I do not see any. All right. Anyone else in the room? Hi, yes. David, excuse me, David Shawner, 5002 Jeffries Court. Um, I'd like to walk through the agenda item report for a moment and touch on a couple of items that I think are worth visiting about. The first on the first page uh, says alignment to the strategic plan, strong welcoming neighborhoods. When I was in college, I lived in a mobile home that had about 1,200 square feet. This density and the size of these houses reminds me of where I lived in college. Uh, Mr. Johnson says he wants these to be for retired or elder, um, older people. I think he's talking about me, but, but um, uh, they're going to be two stories. Most older people I know don't want two stories. They want everything on one level, not two. Uh, secondly, it's my understanding that they want to have an HOA. Uh, in, the, in the neighborhood. I live in a neighborhood where we had an HOA with 11 houses. It's too small a number to have an effective HOA. They just don't work. Thirdly, it's my understanding that although the streets in this PD will be um, dimensionally appropriate for the city's code, the streets will not be dedicated to the city and they will be private streets, which mean that in 10 or 15 years, the 14 homeowners will be coming to the city wanting their street fixed, and the city will say, well, we can't fix it for you because it's not our street. That, uh, I think, is, is putting a burden on homeowners that they won't even appreciate they have until it comes time to repair the street or repair the curb or repair some other part of the infrastructure in this planned development. Uh, nextly, uh, although this may not be technically spot zoning, that entire strip of Research Park Drive from 18th to 15th is all in, uh, uh, industrial uh, zoning. The memory unit, which is immediately north of this proposal, I think is there under special use permit. They didn't change the zoning there. And this land would be rezoned, and in my mind sets the stage for the balance of that strip of Research Park Drive on the west side to become rezoned as well. Well, at, at what density? One of the things that's mentioned in the staff report is that the houses to the south of this proposal are 2,500 to 3,500 square feet. And they range in uh, appraised value from $300,000 to $450,000. The house on, there's a house I drive by frequently on Foxfire, which is currently on the market at a million dollars. 
the neighborhood to the west of this proposal is not consistent with a 14 unit density PD at the corner of 18th and Research Park Drive. They simply are not consistent neighbors. Chapter four, this is on page six of your, of your agenda, the goal 1.3, orient buildings. Okay. It, what I would ask you to do is drive by there, look at 1.73 acres, and imagine 14 two-story houses, and everyone will have at least two cars and three trash cans. Where will they go? By the way, part of the area Mr. they Shonner, want to use as common space is drainage. Up. It is the detention pond. Mr. Shoner, please need to ask you to wrap up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyone else in the room to speak on this item? Yes, sir. My name is Chris Hepp. <clears throat> I'm in 1809 Castle Pine Court. I really wasn't expecting to uh, speak this evening, but uh, Mr. Johnson and I want to congratulate him on his efforts to develop this uh, uh, property. Uh, I went through the process at that time uh, with our various HOAs and, and, and neighbors uh, to get the change of the traffic uh, area, which you uh, uh, was uh, uh, agreeable to, so that the traffic would go out on Research Park and not on 18th Street. We we're very grateful for that. Uh, I, I just want to say generally that, indeed, Lawrence needs residential <laughs> zoning and needs housing. The city is growing by leaps and bounds. The Kansas City area is doing great. The university is doing great. We have a partnership with LMH and KU Med. I mean, things are really popping for this city. So there's lots of reason for this. That said, he did say something which I'm very concerned about, which is the expectation of who will buy these properties. With all due respect to Mr. Johnson, it's a free country. How can you expect who's going to buy these properties? More so, what Mr. Shawner just said is true. People of the age that Mr. Johnson is expecting to purchase them are not going to climb up to a second floor. I, again, I was just very surprised to hear that. Um, so, so there are some problems here, and I can easily see uh, recommending approval for the rezoning, uh, but I don't see that the uh, information that is being laid out this evening would uh, suffice to pass the second half of the proposals for this evening. If traffic is based on a certain population of buyer, then it might be lower traffic, but it also might be higher traffic. And I'll also speak from personal experience that 18th Street needs work. I, I would like to go to the city council and ask them to please fix the corner of 18th Street and Wakarusa, because in the wintertime we have potholes and we've got ice and people sliding. It's not a controlled you know, intersection. So that by itself is a problem. And now we are indeed adding extra traffic, which if it is Young people, we've got more problems. If we've got old people, well, I don't know, maybe we have less problems and you all have ways of, of measuring all that, so I'm not gonna challenge any of that. So I guess in summary, uh, my statement simply is that uh, I, I think the rezoning is certainly reasonable. I don't see an objection to that. Uh, I think you've heard other people feel the same, uh, but the second half of the proposal, I don't think there's enough information to be able to move forward with that. Thank you. Thank you, sir.
Anyone else in the room wish to speak to this item? Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm just going to kind of agree. My name's John Fox. I live on Fox Fire Drive. And uh, I just want to agree with what people are saying and emphasize the property values around the area. Um, I don't know of any one car garage houses in that area. I know the value of one house uh, was estimated to have gone down behind the memory care center by 200,000 uh, just when that went in. Um, and uh, it's definitely possible that a lot of these houses, given the, the probably the price point, are going to be rental houses too. So I just think it, it's not, it doesn't fit in the area. There is no transition from that house to any other house in the, the neighborhood connected to it. And I just, uh, yeah, I just don't think it's a fit there at all. Thank you, sir. Checking again online, Drew. Nope. All right. Yes, ma'am. My name is Deb Umberger, and I live at 1803 Foxfire, about two blocks from this lot in question. And I do agree with my neighbors who uh, are enthusiastic about the zoning designation for that lot at 18th and Research Park to be approved so that it is consistent with the zoning in the adjacent uh, homes lots to the west and to the south. I do urge you uh, to recommend in favor of amending the zoning to designate the lot for single family residents. Residents. However, I also agree with my neighbors that <clears throat> don't want you to approve the site for um, that the site plan that's being submitted. Trying to squeeze 14 units um, onto that lot is like trying to squeeze a 16, a size 16 fanny into a size six pair of jeans. It isn't pretty and nobody wants it um, and quite frankly it won't end well uh, the lot has already caused basement flooding as you've heard uh, and uh, concerns to the people that live along the uh, the lake uh, very near there uh, this began before the lot had impermeable structures on it discrete uh, decreasing the areas to this extent um, uh, uh, in uh, areas that are permeable to water is only going to make matters worse. Um, crowding on the lot will definitely create more uh, traffic through the Foxfire neighborhood. People already don't understand how to use a roundabout, which sits on the corner there. Um, there are employees uh, that come and go from the care facility as well as their guests. It will be a nuisance, quite frankly, for that facility because there won't be an enough parking and um, <clears throat> there'll be a battle between those people that want to park illegally in the facility's lot in all likelihood. Um, and it is true that there is no way to control who's going to buy uh, or and live in those uh, uh, or those units and um, whether or not they will become rentals. Um, there just is not enough street parking uh, to accommodate, uh, you know, the extra uh, lots on that area wouldn't accommodate 
two tables of bridge. They're talking about seven extra. Um, uh, I urge you to recommend not approving the plan as it was presented. A plan with larger lots and definitely do not decrease the, from 3,000, the number of uh, lots that are currently um, uh, allowed, uh, but um, actually requiring that they be larger lots that will accommodate um, homes that people want to live in that don't have stairs if they can't if they have a disability or elderly um, makes more sense and we're going to need to ask you to wrap up please all right um, please say yes to uh, residential and no to the current plan thank you ma'am anyone else in the room to speak tonight on this item All right, anybody else online, Drew? See anyone's joined? I do not see anyone that All is right, joined. Thank you. With that, I'll uh, bring it back to the applicant. Have five minutes to respond to any of the things that you've heard, providing any additional information before we bring it back to the commission. So Mr. Johnson, Mr. Balot. I'm sure that everybody thinks that this should be a vacant piece of land and stay there forever. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, our, our, our city has found it necessary for us to provide housing for people, and infill housing is their most desirable to result because of the ex existing infrastructure. <clears throat> you can't hear me. That's better. You bring them. It's hard. It's hard for me to talk. <laughs> um, so. Um, there's you can't fill the need for new housing and infill development by putting in single-family housing with 50 or for through five into six thousand lots okay it, it's, it's got to be some zoning and there has to be some density and that is really where you come in with the uh, the, the, the infill development one thing you need to understand is that this is it's it's separated from two major park or streets, so it's not part of the development in sense, and it's all faced away from your resisting development. So I I, I, I have some resistance to saying that we're going to have all these problems because of density and because of rain runoff and 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 things like that because those are all provided in this within the site. So. Um, that, that's really all I have to say. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Mr. Johnson? Yeah, I have, to, I have two quick points. One is the, the water problem that was after we cleaned the trees, before we got the grass established, there was a water problem there. But the major part of the water at that point, there were some with us we redid our drainage, we redid our drainage pond, but a lot of water came from Bridgehaven because they were in the middle of construction too. And I think there was a lawsuit that was filed and when it was all said and done, the majority of the water came from Bridgehaven in the court. Okay, I was not fined for what we did. And the other thing is, you've seen pictures of two-story homes. On our bigger lots, we're gonna do some single family. Because, you know, we can designate this a 55 and older neighborhood if that helps. But that is my goal. 
Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. With that, any other comments? We'll bring this back to the commission. And as we do, um, Jeff, I just ask a question of you. Um, there's been uh, um, a bit of feedback both tonight and in some of the, uh, the uh, letters to the commission um, talking about uh, property value impacts. Can you give us just a, a, a minute on how we should consider property values and decision criteria for both the zoning and for the preliminary plat? For the preliminary plat, it wouldn't really come into it because that's a different set of review criteria that you would have. And, and Catherine had that really good slide. It had all your different criteria for preliminary development plan there. Where it would typically come up is in, in the factors you would look at for rezoning. And typically, as you know, that comes from the golden factors that we talk about. One of the golden factors, and um, try to read it here a little bit verbatim to kind of make sense of it there, is from uh, the Land Development Code. The gain, if any, to the public health, safety, and welfare due to the denial of the application as compared to the hardship imposed upon the landowner, if any, excuse me, if any, as a result of the denial of the application process. So it really talks about is in terms of the subject property itself, in both the diminution that may occur to the subject property in terms of the approval or the denial. Otherwise, it would tend to be kind of brought up as part of a conversation about neighborhood character, which is a little... It's kind of in there, but it's not quite in there in the same respect on that one. So property value really doesn't tend to show up in those reviews except for in the context of the subject property that's being discussed. Thank you. To the commission. Please. I'll start with a, a question for staff. Uh, the previous... Uh, plan for this area where um, what are we called business support condos. So is this essentially this new plan? Is this essentially a downzoning from that? What was it, what would have been the density of these business support condos that were the that were the original plan for this property? Um, I don't know about the density because it's a business use, so we don't know normally uh, measure density for business use. That's more residential, but intensity level of use of the property would definitely be higher. So an IBP or industrial business park district does accommodate more intensively used types of uses than a residential um, district does. So in a sense, yes, this is a downzone. Yep. Thank you. Sure. Hey, Catherine. Um, as far as the uh, stormwater issues, are are you is the city uh, comfortable with the applicant's plan for stormwater and you know just managing water in general? Yeah. So because this is a preliminary development plan, and there would be a final development plan that would follow if this were to be approved, um, all of the relevant studies um, and. Uh, that includes the drainage study is applicable and that is all in process with this application mso had resulted um, the reviews on the studies as being in process and they had no concerns at this time on the preliminary development plan so uh, to answer your question yes those would all be addressed and i think the city is in a position where any issues of drainage would be addressed solely on the property um, to mitigate anything that would be exiting the property so it's in, it's in progress Okay, thank you. So if I could just pile on to that question for Catherine or, or Jeff, I'm not sure who. Um, can you talk for just a minute about the process? So there's a, a, a drainage study and a traffic study and a sewer study that are ongoing. 
what does that look like? Um, there's concerns about all of that that's been voiced. As you go through the study and you run up against something that represents something that, that uh, is inconsistent with code, how, is, how are those things addressed? What's, what's the comfort that the neighbors can have from the process? So our engineering department, municipal services and operations would uh, receive all of those uh, engineer studies, which they were submitted with the preliminary development plan, so they are in uh, review with our municipal services and operations department. They go through all of those under engineering standards, and then anything uh, that is a concern would be addressed in a review comment prior to approval of the de uh, final development plan. Uh, the applicant would need to address those review comments and make any revisions that would be appropriate uh, to mitigate anything that was not meeting the standards uh, as set forth in the uh, in the city's code and regulations for drainage. So, thank you, Catherine. And could the could the uh, neighbors that um, have issues today? weigh in on you know so that things don't get worse can they is there a way that they can talk to the city about their current issues or how would that work well so so this is it so the public hearing for planning commission is one way for them to express any concerns about drainage and then also because these both go through city commission approval there's another opportunity for uh public concerns uh, to be addressed, those would be taken into account in the review of the final development plan. Um, any concerns you know, would be noted in the review comments and given back to the applicant. Um, and if those are things that need to be addressed uh, to meet city code for drainage, then they would be addressed prior to any approval of that uh, final development plan. It wouldn't be approved if there were outstanding drainage uh, issues that were happening that didn't meet city standards thanks the, the other thing I will add to Catherine's comments we do have people that stay engaged the entire process and, and keep in touch with the planners to learn as things are growing and developing along so it's very common that people will always be reaching out and, and asking us questions about the projects as they're ongoing even all the way through building permits so we're always available to help answer those questions and if, if anything pops up we're always available to kind of help find a, a solution or at least kind of understand what the code is asking of it okay. good to know thanks Yes, Mr. Carter. Um, I have a question for Catherine. Um, and we've heard, uh, you know, about the open space, um, also the fact that uh, the the homes don't face um, the surrounding streets. Uh, but could you talk to us a little bit about the, um, you know, uh, how screening would be addressed uh, as part of the landscape plan? Um, so there is, so a type uh, three buffer yard would be required if the rezoning were to be approved. Uh, this would then be a residential district adjacent to the remaining IBP district. There would be a type three buffer yard required on the north and the east um, adjacent to. Uh, there is also proposed landscaping along uh, the west side and the south side. Basically, there's landscaping proposed on all uh, sides of this particular property, um, both along the detention pond and to the west, and then along the uh, south, which requires some street trees and additional shrubs, um, and then the type three buffers to the north um, and to the east uh, require a mix of trees and shrubs, and those are all being proposed uh, with the preliminary development plan. So it's not uh, just open area, it's uh, 
it's landscaped um, appropriately on all four sides. Thank you. I'll just make a, a comment that I think this development plan does conform to plan 2040 this is the sort of thing that um, plan 2040 is asking for the city to approve we have one of these RS3 districts in the east on the east side and this would only be the second if I'm correct RS3 uh, development unit um, the traffic goes out onto Research Drive, Park, Research Drive instead of 18th Street, so it's not going to be going by the neighborhoods. It's screened on all sides. Um, we are looking to find areas with smaller lot sizes, regardless of the age of the people that that um, buy into this, which really isn't a factor that we consider, but I could see affordable housing for um, younger professionals as well as um, older folks. So I think this really does conform to Plan 2040. It is a transition, transition between industrial use, high intensity use, and residential use. Um, so I think in terms of the review criteria and what Plan 24 is asking for, that this fits the bill. Thank you. Anyone else care to comment? Uh, please. Um, Catherine, so there's a question about road maintenance. Mm. So in the wintertime, uh, whose responsibility is it to, uh, you know, take the snow away and ensure that emergency vehicles can come in and that kind of thing? Who's, who's yeah. And, and also ongoing maintenance. Yeah. So it, these are private roads. That is part of uh, one of the things that the PD or Planned Development Overlay District does permit is private roads. So they would be uh, the responsibility of that HOA. And that is probably why they are proposing the HOA, because they are going to have some internal maintenance um, that is not normally done, but, you know, normally done by the city is not going to be done. Um, that they're going to be responsible for the private roads um, and any, uh, you know, maintenance. Thanks. So tag on to that, Mr. Johnson, if I could ask a question about the plans on the HOA and um, how you think, or Mr. Balot, all right, how you, yeah, please, yes, please. Um, just to, to dig just a little bit deeper into what uh, Commissioner DeVere was talking about, um, uh, can you talk us through a little bit about the HOA, how that's set up, is that a part of deeds? Um, how do you assure that you've got the funds needed to, on a really, really bad winter and uh, you know, 10 years down the road when the road needs to be repaired, how do you assure that that's all taken care of? Okay, well, first we'll start. We'll start with what we think we need the first year, and that will be subsidized by me because until the 14 hours, once the 14 hours get in, we set up a program, and there's one woman in Lawrence who does all, almost all the HOAs. They do the ones out west, they do the ones northwest, and we set up a fund for road repairs and the other stuff that we think we will need. I mean, we put the money ahead of the time, so when things come, they have money, and we don't have to go to a homeowner and say, you know, well, we need a thousand or two thousand dollars. We'll increase it steadily as we age to keep enough funds to keep it. You accrue in advance to a plan. Yes, we do. And you know, and what we're doing in our other HOAs, and the same one I came with three weeks ago, is we push the snow over two inches. You know, we push the driveways, the streets, and the sidewalks. Right. Thank you, sir. 
Any other comments, questions? Anyone have a concern, want to speak any further about a concern or, or support for um, the rezoning specifically? Please. I, I have nothing to add. I think everything's been covered. So okay, thank, thank you, you, but I'm in support of what All I've right. heard. All right. Any concerns um, on the panel about the uh, PDP, the preliminary development plan? All right, so we have four motions that we need to walk through tonight. The first one is on um, the rezoning. Anyone like to take a stab at that? I can take a stab. Thank you. So uh, approve the request to rezone Z23-00017 from IBP to RS3PD based on findings outlined in the staff report and forward to the city commission with a recommendation for approval. Thank you. Second? Um, I'm sure who went first. Commissioner Ashworth? Um, discussion? Seeing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Any abstentions? That passes unanimously. Thank you. We have three separate votes to make on the preliminary development plan. One is uh, the approval of the plan, and then there are two separate modifications. Would anyone like to make that motion? We need to take those one at a time, correct? Or can we do it? Correct, they will need to be three separate votes. All right. Anybody? Please. Um, I move that we approve the preliminary development plan located at 1717 Research Park Drive based on the findings outlined in the staff report. Second. Second. Commissioner Carter, discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passed unanimously. On to modification number one. It has to do with excess parking. Are you going to keep rolling? Sure. Thank um, you. I move we approve um, and approve and forward a modification request as permitted to permit the excess number of parking places provided for residential use to the city commission with a recommendation for approval. Do I have a second? Second. Thank you. Um, any discussion? Those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. None. Passed unanimously. And the last modification. Okay. Um, I move that uh, we approve um, or recommend to the city commission with a recommendation for approval for a modification request permitted to modify the minimum lot sizes out, as outlined um, in section 2701. That's sufficient, Jeff? Yeah, I just rearranged the sentence, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. I will, think where there's a yeah, second. Okay. Second. Commissioner Carter, discussion? All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Thank you all. And with that, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for the uh, comments. Please, and, and sincerely, thank you for being here tonight, sharing your thoughts and feedback. We are going to move to what is item number one on the agenda now. I have a point of order. Yes. Um, I, I noticed, and I may have missed this, I apologize, but we, we thought we were doing roll call votes and we're no longer, and I was just curious as to the change um, and if I had missed some of that. 
Now, so by default, if everyone's in the room, we're allowed to go straight to a, a voice vote. And we're, but even uh, the caveat to that is that even if we have one at home, we're thinking about, if someone objects, we can absolutely go to roll call. But we're, we're contemplating moving to voice vote, even if we have somebody on Zoom. Okay, but we'll discuss that later, right? We just, I get yep. the, this current rule. I just wasn't sure what was going on. I wanted okay. to ask. Thank you. <laughs> right, yeah. Just generally, if, they're, if we're all in the room. Thank you. For sure. Okay, you bet. You bet. Now, having said that, if you would prefer something different, we certainly be open to this. If we're on the room, I don't, we'll talk about it later. Let's okay. All right. <laughs> Very good. Um, I'd like to take us to what's number one on the um, agenda. That is a request to rezone approximately 33 and a half acres on uh, 1577 North 1550 Road from General Industrial to Ag 2. And we have Mary Miller, I think, is here. Hi, Mary, to talk us through this Hi. item. Good evening. I'll be sharing my screen here in just a second. As you mentioned, this is a rezoning from the general industrial and a property that's zoned agricultural to the transitional agricultural district. The subject property is just east of the city of Lawrence. Actually, the access drive for the Oak Hill Cemetery just runs right up along the west side of the property, uh, but then it's separated from the city of Lawrence by um, some rural land. It has access on North 1550 Road and is approximately 33 acres. Now, the graphic on the right shows its location within the urban growth area. It is within Tier 3, which is not expected to annex within the lifetime of the comprehensive plan or by 2040. If we look at the site specifically, it is a little confusing, and I tried to explain this in the staff report. Originally, we thought we had two parcels, and these are shown one in red and one in purple. Um, but as we looked through, um, our GIS map just shows parcels uh, based on the taxation bills. So um, when the right-of-way for North 1550 Road was uh, dedicated, and when the right-of-way for the railroad was dedicated, these lots were divided, these parcels. So that the left parcel actually has four individual parcels. Uh, two of them on the south side are landlocked. The northern parcel is very small. It's not even a half an acre, so it would not be developable. And then we have the 16-acre parcel that has the majority of the farm and the residents and outbuildings. Then the parcel to the east, um, it's divided only in two pieces because of the road right-of-way. So it also has a very small remnant parcel on the north. And so we are recommending rezoning to the Ag 2 district as the parcel that has the residents and the majority of the farm has the required amount of acreage uh, for the Ag 2 district. The Ag 1 and Ag 2 districts have basically the same uses that are permitted. The only difference is if you were going to do a land division, how much land would need to be in your parcel. And the applicant's intent and his desire to do this rezoning is primarily to protect the farmland and to put a zoning on it that actually um, fits the use. When the zoning regulations were revised in 2020, we mailed letters out to people whose land use did not match the zoning and mentioned they may want to rezone or asked if they'd like to rezone. And this property owner is rezoning so that the zoning would match his land use. Uh, it's a way to protect the agricultural. He has no intention of ever developing it industrially. Uh, but in addition, he mentioned that in the future, he may want to divide the house off from the farm so it could be a separate parcel owned separately. 
If this was zoned Ag 2, there is a homestead exemption survey process, which would allow him to divide off 10 acres. And then from that, you can divide off a smaller acreage down to three acres, uh, provided the remainder is protected through the Agricultural Natural Resource Protection Agreement, which just means the remainder of the parcel cannot be developed. So we're maintaining that density, but allowing smaller parcels for residential use. And so that is why the Ag 2 district is uh, being sought after. The graphic on the right shows the floodplain in the area. The uh, Douglas County Sanitary Code requires three acres outside the floodplain for residential development. This property has about 2.8 acres, uh, but the Sanitary Code also has um, existing conditions or grandfather provisions where if you have a house with an existing septic system and it doesn't have the three acres, in this case they said it could go ahead and divide, as I mentioned, through that homestead exemption survey, as long as the amount of area outside the floodplain was not reduced. So it would be possible with this zoning, um, not only to protect the farmland, but to accommodate his future plans to divide the residents off. So with our review criteria, one of them that we always look at is, is it compatible or is it compliant with the recommendations in the comprehensive plan? I've mentioned these with several rezonings, the natural resource section and the growth management section uh, that recommend to protect high quality agricultural soils, protect contiguous amounts of agricultural land, minimize the conversion of agricultural land and maintain high quality soils. Uh, these graphics show the very high quality farmland on the property. Uh, the orange is class two soils and the red is class one. So almost all the property is high quality agricultural soils. And on the right side, we see that nearly all the property is prime farmland. There's an area in this wooded portion down at the bottom that is not prime farmland and is actually class six soils. But the rezoning would serve to help protect these high quality agricultural lands. And then we have a, a section that talks about the food system. This property is not only agricultural, it is part of our local food system. Um, the applicant indicated that it is a truck farm where they grow vegetables and uh, for the local food system. So looking at the food system policy, um, they have several policies that are similar to the comprehensive plan about protecting agricultural land. Uh, but policy 2.1.3 uh, tells us to establish tools to protect high quality agricultural land for farm that are economically feasible for the landowner. And that is why we decided that it would be wise just to rezone all the land to Ag 2, um, rather than selecting certain portions to go to Ag 1, thinking that might be a more protected zoning district. That would require surveys on the part of the landowner. And the protection being provided would not be different, primarily because of the amount of floodplain on the property. Future land divisions just would not be possible with either, except for that one homestead exemption. Another criteria to look at is, is the rezoning compatible with nearby land uses and zoning? Um, this shows the zoning in the area. This area was zoned for heavy industrial with the adoption of zoning regulations in 1966. And at the time, the floodplain had not been mapped, so this made sense. It was next to the railroad, it was level land in close proximity to the city limits of Lawrence. But with the mapping of the floodplain, and then with the emphasis on protecting agricultural land, it's no longer really suitable for industrial uses. So it is not compatible with the zoning, but then the zoning is actually not really appropriate for the area. And if we look at the land uses that are occurring in the nearby area, we see that we do have residences in this GI zoning district, and residences are not permitted uses in the industrial district. So these are all non-conforming uses. 
Mm. And our zoning regulations have provisions to protect detached dwellings when they're non-conforming. Um, if one's destroyed, it can be rebuilt, but there are limitations on the additions you can make to these or expansions. And um, also sometimes if you're trying to get a loan, uh, lenders are hesitant if it's a non-conforming use. So rezoning for, to the agricultural district would remove the non-conformity and would provide a better and more appropriate zoning district for the area, for the land. And then we look at the character of the area. Um, the property being so close to the city limits, the area, we usually look about a mile from the subject property. Here we're only looking about a mile to the east. The Kansas River borders it to the north. <clears throat> and so that's a border we're looking at. And then the city limits, we're looking about 400 feet into the city. So the uses in this area, well, the floodplain is one of the primary characteristics. There are some industrial uses in the area. We have the water treatment plant to the northwest. Um, it's not in the floodplain. I don't know if that's because they added fill and, and moved it out of the floodplain or if that's just naturally occurring. Uh, we have the um, city compost facility. And to the southeast, uh, we have the former farmland fertilizer. So industrial uses have developed in this area, but none have been proposed in this immediate area. This is all agricultural or residential. So the rezoning would be compatible with and would maintain the existing character of the area. And staff recommends approval of the rezoning and forwarding that to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval based on the findings in the staff report. And this is a list of the various zoning criteria. I mentioned some of those and some of them, they're all listed in the staff report. Um, the property is not vacant. The house was built in 1903. And uh, the extent the removal of restrictions would detrimentally affect nearby properties. Uh, rezoning into agriculture should not detrimentally affect nearby properties. If they wanted to develop industrially, they would have their issues with the floodplain. Um, so that would be their primary obstacle rather than the zoning of the subject property. So I'll uh, end my presentation here. The applicant is available today in person. And I'll be happy to answer questions if you have any for me. Mary, thank you so much. Mr. Bueller. Hi. Hi, thank you. Yeah, um, thank you all uh, commissioners for hearing me tonight. Um, I do have just a few slides uh, to share uh, to maybe give you a little sense of the character. This year we have um, a lot of our land in fallow, but uh, we are predominantly agricultural across all of our land. Um, so uh, I would request uh, the rezoning just to keep uh, in character with um, our predominant uh, characteristics in the area, as well as really my key goal um, is to protect uh, the high quality agricultural soils there. Um, so here is a, a picture of our farm a number of years ago um, with some potatoes growing. Um, we grow a variety of predominantly vegetables uh, over the past few years, my business partners added some flowers into the mix. Um, in the past, we've also grown some small grains, but here you see um, some pepper crops, uh, broccoli, kale, things like that. So uh, we grow a mix of uh, marketable crops. So uh, I'm not currently selling at the Lawrence Farmer's Market. My business partner does. Um, I sell through a cooperative food hub. Um, we've been on the property since 2010, and one of my my key concerns in that time period has been the development of uh, 
the soil health. Um, so you see here uh, in the middle there, there's a picture of a broccoli crop uh, from a number of years ago uh, with exposed bare soil. On the left, that's a pepper crop um, with some soil mulch. So I've really uh, invested heavily um, in building that soil health, um, which is one of the key things I'd like to continue to preserve um, through maintaining or switching to, I guess, an agricultural zoning. I'm um, not sure. There we go. Uh, we have grown a number of other crops. So here is a, a small grain crop of some wheat we grew. Uh, we are a small farm. Uh, so this uh, field here uh, with our neighbor's barn in the background is about 10 acres. So that's wheat, uh, but we're not uh, driving a big combine. That's a 1952 uh, pull behind the tractor combine. Um, so we're a very small farm, but we'd like to keep that area just outside of Lawrence in agriculture. Um, and as I mentioned, really my key concern uh, is uh, preserving the soil. Uh, we've spent a lot of effort on this uh, over the past decade, building up the soil health, uh, and we'd love to see that stay in agriculture. And I'd be happy to answer any questions when they come. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, we uh, are opening the floor to public comment. Is there anyone here to talk about this item tonight? Anyone in the room? Drew, do you see anyone online? I do not. Going, going. All right, back to the commission. Any discussion? Comments, questions, concerns? When I, when I read this, what you had proposed, I applaud you for doing this. I think that is great to preserve, protect that land, and the way it is, <coughs> pardon me, currently zoned, it wouldn't have to stay ag land. So I appreciate uh, that you brought this to us. Thank you. I would just like to echo those comments. Um, this like actually makes me, I love being on the Planning Commission, but this makes me very excited to be on the Planning Commission. I, I love to see things like this come through. So thank you and thank you for thinking of future generations and agricultural land here in Douglas County. Quick question, please. Mary, question for you, Mary. So you su suggested that the applicant um, may want to uh, have the house be on a separate parcel. Would there be any limitations if he did that? I mean, is it, would that affect the rest of the land in any way? Is he, is he able to do anything he wants with the land? I mean, obviously subject to floodplain and all that kind of stuff, but are there any, any things he has to be concerned about? <laughs> I'm not sure I understand your question. He'd be limited by what's allowed in the agricultural district, which is very limited. Most uses require conditional use permits. So if he wanted to branch out and do something different, more than likely he'd have to come before you with the CUP. There's some very, very low intensity uses that could be allowed if he wanted to do a daycare or something in his home. But otherwise, the ag district is our most limited restricted use district. Okay, and let's just say in the future he wanted to sell or something, would there be any limitation to that? Could he sell his, you know, just the home and uh, land? He could. He could sell or he could live in it himself. The only re restriction is if he does divide down to three acres and he has that agricultural natural resource protection agreement, that stays in place until it's either rezoned or annexed. So uh, the whole area that's divided off is restricted except for the you know, whatever's in that agreement is restricted. It can't be developed. But the portion that he has divided off to be developed, that can be sold or he can live in it. We don't have any restrictions on that. 
Okay, thank you. Other comments? Yes. I just have to say it doesn't make any sense to put industrial there. There's no reason for that kind of zoning. Um, just I understand the history of it, but it's, that's all floodplain, and it, it, it's not going to be developed into industrial anyway, and this does protect um, that agricultural use. Yeah. Just a mm -hmm. general mm -hmm. sense, I, we, we, like some other things, we don't have a great inventory of industrial ground that could actually be built, but, but wow, you just just have to walk out there for a couple of minutes and see that that this is mm -hmm. I've seen some ag two ground that didn't look like ag two ground. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this certainly does. This certainly mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Any other comments? Anything else you want to explore, discuss, entertain a motion? Oh, go ahead. Okay, thanks. <clears throat> um, I move that we recommend approval of the request to rezone approximately 33.5 acres at 1577 North 1550 Road from General Industrial um, and Ag 1 District to Ag 2 Transitional Agricultural District based on the findings prevented in the staff report and forwarding the application to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Carter. Is there a second? A second. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Hayden, any discussion? Um, all in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. It carries. Thank you all. Thank you for being here. Good luck to you. We're going to move on to the consideration of a conditional use permit for an equipment storage use at 1805 East 200 Road. Can I take a and quick break first? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to, well, let's, uh, let's grab 10 minutes. Five? Eight minutes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, let's take a break. Thank you. Sandy, we'll come right back I'm to you. here. Present. The item uh, being requested or the action uh, proposed for this property is for an equip equipment storage use of the property. Um, I sort of have a PowerPoint, but we're not able to call it up, so we're just going to ask you to refer to your staff report um, as we move through this particular request. The subject property itself is a fairly small parcel. It is zoned AG2. This, most of the property surrounding it is AG1 or agricultural, with a number of rural residences found along the county roads in this area. This request is for a conditional use permit. It is not for rezoning. There are a couple of communications that we received that I was able to review kind of quickly this afternoon, um, but I want to make that piece particularly clear. This project is a little bit complicated by a number of other things that are going on for this property. Um, there is a separate action going forward to the County Commission for a temporary business activity that is associated with an Evergy project. Uh, the property owner gave permission to Evergy to use their property, um, but that is a separate process for a temporary business permit. So that's not something that comes to this body. It goes directly to the County Commission 
Commission. Even though Evergy has made some improvements to the property, I was not able to confirm where that is at at the process right now. My understanding is that it's not yet been approved. Um, so there are other problem, uh, other ac actions going on with that property separate from the request you're being asked to consider tonight. One of the other things I want to make clear about a conditional use permit is, is that it is specific to the use of equipment storage. Even though this business operator does landscaping, the request before you is to use a portion of the property that includes an existing accessory building and part of a parking lot between the accessory building and the house that is on the lot for parking associated with their business. Um, comments that I saw in communication packets about RV and boat storage, those kinds of activities uh, would be subject to a different conditional use permit. So if that property were to be used in that way, the applicant would have to get a different and new conditional use permit. Also included in your packet not a, was the site plan that proposes basically showing the existing conditions of that property. There is a red box that outlines the Evergy use of the property, which is a substantial portion of the property. There is also an exhibit in your staff report that basically shows kind of a future use that the applicant may consider for the property in the future. And that includes uh, moving that exterior storage to the rear of the property, removing gravel, adding new landscaping back into the site. One of the things that we talked about with the applicant specifically is that the, there's two driveways to this property currently. One that existed for the, the residence that's been uh, rehabilitated and restored and is being used as a residence, and then the new driveway that was added for the Evergy. What we made clear with the applicant is that whatever the resolution is with the Evergy project, um, at some point, if the Evergy project is approved or not, they're only going to be allowed to have one driveway. So one of the two driveways will have to be removed. The applicant has indicated that they uh, would like to have the newer driveway. It's more solidly constructed, although it would need to be narrowed a bit um, to, to make it compliant with what would be the requirements that we would see in a normal um, rural residential home property. And then the other driveway would have to be closed and removed. Um, this project has a number of conditions that are reflected um, in the staff report. On page one of your staff report, there's a, quite a list of um, conditions, notes that have to be added to the face of the site plan, um, but then also specifically that the applicant would be responsible for dust control along the property. Um, as I talked about, the removal of one of the existing driveways is a condition. Um, Staff is recommending uh, per standard county language that there is a time frame that goes with this application for 10 years. There would be a five year annual re uh, review with this project. Um, and then um, there was an additional note that was identified by county public works staff about oversized, overweight vehicles. Um, that there be uh, specific landscaping that would have to be added to the site um, to enhance the view screening of the property. 
I believe the applicant is here in the room. Um, they should be able to answer any more specific questions, but I wanted to take a moment to try and clarify what this request is, is but also what it is not. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, going forward, the um, review criteria, obviously, are outlined in your staff report. We'll um, work at making sure I've got PowerPoints for you again in the future, uh, especially if I'm here in person. And Sandy, thanks. I know it was a tough technology day. <laughs> it's been interesting. <laughs> Mr. Feldhausen? The Feldhausen's here? Good evening. Uh, yeah, just so everybody can put it faces with who we are. Uh, I'm Jerry Knussi. This is Chris Feldhausen. Um, we started, uh, well, we bought the property at that uh, 1805 East 200 Road back in December. Uh, just a little history on us. Um, we started this company back in uh, August 20 um, of 2020. Uh, so uh, right in the middle of the COVID deal. So we figured the best time to uh, start a business was during the worst time we went through. So um, we did that for a while. Obviously, I started homes, operated out of our homes, um, started working in a place here in Lawrence, um, bought another little company called Lawrence Lawn Care, um, operated that for a while, and then realized uh, we just kind of needed some more room. We were just written at the time. Um, obviously, you know, rent's expensive, and starting a business kind of from scratch and young, it's pretty hard and uh, stressful financially. So um, some situations came up with some of our employees that they were kind of saying, hey, the owner of a house they were renting needed to get them out. Um, so they needed some place to go. We were in turn also looking for a place and we just happened to see this place come up for sale on East uh, 200 Road. Uh, went and looked at it, had some makers, had an outbuilding. Uh, thought it'd be a good idea, didn't think it'd cause any problems. Um, kind of met with the county before just to kind of run it by them. They're like, yeah, we're chasing some things, but um, I think it'll be okay. So we went ahead and purchased in December and kind of renovated the house and got our uh, one of our employees moved in there and then kind of moved on to the shop and been trying to clean it up ever since. It's, it's a work in progress. Um, I know there's still a lot to be done. Um, I know, like Sandy was saying, with the Evergy thing, it's kind of throwing some mixtures in. One's temporary and then there's us um, but our goal is to fix the place up make it look real nice keep it clean uh, keep it organized and try not to disrupt anything as much as or at least as possible so um, you got anything yeah well and you know before we purchased this uh, this home uh, we had looked for six eight months for places to operate out of in the city of Lawrence um, we had we thought we had a place uh, on North Maple we were trying to get a contract to, to rent the place and the guy ghosted us. And so um, we really did. We tried finding somewhere in Lawrence that would fit everything that we had and that we could afford and we, we couldn't find anything. So here we yeah. are. So, All right. so yeah, we'll feel free to answer any questions you guys have. Yep, stick around. Thank you guys, Thank I you. appreciate it. Is there anyone from the public who's here to speak on this item tonight? Uh, the lady. Yes, so please, would you, if you would please come to the podium and <clears throat> share your name. You have three minutes. You've got the time. 
My name is Patricia Kerner. I live at 1814 East 200 Road, which is kind of catty corner across from where they're putting it in. This work has already been done. There is a pad laid out there over 50% of the acreage. As I understand it, the acreage is only five acres. Three point what? 3.5. 3.5 acres. And of rock. Okay, I'm sorry. The land is five acres. The rock has already been laid. Everything has been done. And it's 3.5. My question is, first of all, as a bus route, there's going to be a lot of extra trucks. I've been out in my front yard when their lawn service has come and gone. My biggest complaint is that the lawn service is already there, and they never got the permission in the first place. Um, the culverts, I know Evergy put in one big culvert, so I know that these gentlemen did not. But I think that the old culvert should stand, not the new one. Um, Evergy, the road on, uh, if you've ever been down 200 Road, you know that it's gravel, it's not real wide. The big trucks going up and down there cause a problem because going past each other, there's not a whole lot of leeway. Whenever G was putting in that yard, it was a real problem. And my question is to the commission, if it's a home-based uh, business, do they not have to be residents of that domicile? And is this property taxed as a business compared to ours that is taxed as a single residence? And I think I can't prove it, but I think my land will go down in evaluation. And as you know, the appraisers have raised our rent or our appraisal on all lands. So is my appraisal going to go down? So my main thing is I'm irritated because all of this work has been done. Everything is in there and in place, and the business has been running out of that place where he is not a resident. Neither one of the owners are residents there. And nothing was approved uh, before it was done. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in the room to speak to this tonight? I am. Uh, my name is Cheryl McLean, and I lived at 1802 E200 Road, directly across from uh, from the new rock lot. Um, it was a five-acre lot. It's now permanently three and a half acres of rock, mesh, everything that Evergy put down. It was finished days before the first meeting we were supposed to have um, that had gotten postponed till. Uh, May 24th. Then on May 25th, after that meeting, we got um, sent a letter from the new company. Um, I don't know why they searched around and decided to put theirs in somebody else's front yard, um, not their own. But 
Anyhow, my be, mine is more questions, and I have a, I don't know how to get them answered because we didn't get any of our questions from the county meeting answered, so I don't know how you, we get our answers. But anyhow, my questions are: um, How many employees? They say they've been going for three years. What's six years look like? What's ten years look like? How many employees um, are we going to fill that three and a half acres of of rock with? big equipment just growing and growing or maybe adding you know another side business there too how many businesses can run out of one five acre county because um, I'm kind of here to save the ag too <laughs> also um, and um, so like I said but what 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 does stop it equipment storage from becoming boat and RV storage or large equipment like that um, then because the letter we got from them said it was going to be daycare or not daycare long care like they said but but it's going to be uh, permanently changed if you change it to uh, equipment storage I think you called it an equipment storage lot and is that rental is that can they have like people come and leave their stuff there for a price and it just gets more and more we just have a lot of questions about what this new rock lots gonna become over there um, beyond what he just said the little one and a half acres that's the house and the small shop um, also I, she said you have a five-year review will we be notified of that review so we can kind of let you know because I know you don't drive out there but we sit in the front yard and look at it every day and um, because it's you know out our picture window um, so I, I just don't know how how do we get answers to these questions um, this is a good start uh, yeah, I sent some in on an email earlier today, um, and and I just I, I felt like we got really left out after the whole Evergy thing because that was a done deal, uh, you know, and they had to hurry because of the long-eared black bats. Yeah, so I need to I need to ask us to wrap up, but you have we've got your questions captured, and let's see if we can get through some of this when we come back to staff. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the room? Yes. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Pam Wingert. I live at uh, 1806, right across the street from them. Um, so just a couple of things. I do want to um, say that the two owners, Chris and, uh, sorry, sorry, Jared, Jared um, they both actually still have full-time jobs with Evergy. So this has been a behind scene thing for them, uh, for their um, business uh, that they uh, picked up after. Um, for Evergy to come in to put a lay down, put, to put a lay down uh, <coughs> yard there. Um, the other thing is, is that our um, we we're concerned about theft um, because their equipment is out. Um, so that does allow for more people to see all of that to come out and be more it's more noticeable um, so I'm concerned at theft at my house uh, I live directly across from them um, the other thing is is that um, <clears throat> they talked about lighting 
Um, when we had our meeting with the county commissioners, it was very stated very loudly that there will not be extra lighting at this place. And there's recommendation here for lighting. So that concerns us too because again, more lighting, more places for theft um, in our neighborhood. Um, we do uh, have you know that dust um, back and forth. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I will tell you that in the last couple of weeks, I've run into a couple of the um, staff. I don't know whether they were the owners or not, but it was not pleasant to be on the road with them because they, a couple of them almost ran me off the road. <laughs> so um, I wasn't really, um, I didn't appreciate that very much. Um, also, um, is there a condition of two um, businesses or um, so you've got Evergy coming in taking off three and a half acres for a um, temporary permit and then you want this business having a temporary use permit um, on this five acres of land so is is there a condition it, it can you have two businesses on the same land with the same owner um, that would be um, a question that I would have as well um, so um, you know, I, I'm just, you know, our property value is going down. I mean, it will go down. Um, so I'm just concerned with a lot of different angles. Um, and I know that a lot of the things that have happened already have been behind scene with no permits whatsoever. Um, when we had the meeting with the county commission, one of the Evergy uh, staff said that was in part of this said, well, we didn't, need, we didn't know we needed a permit through Douglas County. I disagree. They've done enough lay down yards that I, I, I would believe that they needed, they would know that they needed permits. So that's kind of my part in it. I know my time is running out, so I apologize. But I would, I would like for you to really consider um, what this is doing for the neighborhood and also how they've come about this whole process. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Anyone else? Yes, sir. My name's Kent Winger. I'm uh, Pam's husband. I live across the street. My main concern is the uh, when Evergy put in that laydown yard. Uh, I was really not happy about the uh, the driveway entrance that went in uh, because when I built a shop a couple of years ago, I asked for a second driveway and was denied uh, because I didn't have enough frontage. And then they put this new one in and didn't even have a permit or anything. Um, and it just, you know, actions have consequences usually. And I have seen any, no consequences done. And it's a done deal. Uh, I know this stuff hasn't even been approved yet for the average part of this. Um, and, you know, we, just, we haven't gotten any answers. You know, it seems like we're all in the dark, the people that live around there. We haven't gotten any answers that we've came to these meetings to ask or get answered. So um, I guess we need to have a little bit more answers before things keep progressing and it gets deeper and deeper. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else here tonight to speak on this item? Drew, do you see anyone online? I have not seen anybody join. 
All right. Um, the applicants, back to you. You have five minutes if you'd like to address any of the comments that have been made. Share any additional information? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to respond to the comment about Jared and I both being full-time employees at Evergy. Um, at one time, we were both employed by Westar Energy and Evergy. I resigned July 31st of 2020, so I have not been an employee for almost three years. Jared resigned the week before me. So, all right. My only job is Rightway Solutions. Uh, we have no plans of any sort of lighting out there at all. We don't want lighting out there. Um, I'm not sure where in this report it says we want lighting, but we don't. Um, as for the boat and RV stuff and like rental storage, um, yeah, that time you're like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. No, that's obviously after learning a bunch of stuff, like, well, okay, those are not options anymore. Yeah, that, so that it was, was a, it was a like saying, five I minute wish conversation. I could win the lottery type conversation. So I don't know even how that got out because that was between us, but it was not secretive or anything. But no, that was again, no. one of those things like wishful thinking, like, hey, I'm sure everybody's yeah. done it. I wish I could do this. This would be great, but no, not going to happen. Um, and then there was one more. Yeah, I mean, as far as our plans, you know, with oh. the three and a half acres of rock. Um, yeah, you know, if we had the money to do it, we'd love to have an outbuilding there and have everything back in that rock area where we could operate. Um, you know, that's outside of that. We don't have any plans for what's there. That's it. Uh, when it comes to the future, it's about five, ten years. Uh, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I hope it's great. Um, I hope we build a business. Um, the idea is hope we build something that where we do outgrow this place and we sell and then we can actually afford a place in town at a street front where everybody can see you. I mean, that's it's a lot beneficial to be out front than it is hiding. Uh, but to get um, a building in a big commercial lot takes a lot of money and we are just not there yet. Um, so yes, the idea is we do want to keep growing. Uh, no qualms about that, no lies. Uh, and obviously there'll be a time when we know like, we can't stay here. We need to go somewhere else. Um, we're not trying to cut up the roads with a bunch of employees. Uh, somebody asked how many, we got six right now. Uh, two of them live there. And then four of them, two of them, three of them drive in and one has to catch a ride. So, um, and when it comes to hours, we operate. Um, we're trying to get there at 7.30 now and be gone by four, Monday through Friday. Um, we don't store stuff out there. We don't try to take bulk loads. So it's pretty much everybody shows up, grabs the equipment, and away they go. Um, so it's not a place of a lot of back and forth. or we need to go load up stuff, go here, come back, load up stuff. It's one time in, one time out. Uh, we very much instruct our guys to, I think the speed limit road's 40. I've seen the cattle haulers and whatever drive way faster on that road than we do. And I was like, we go slow, we stay to the sides. That's what I instructed. So if that's not happening, we will revisit that. Um, and yeah, our goal is not to disrupt anything. Um, I know as for the, the average stuff, 
yeah, that's that's every stuff. That's not what we did. So, um, yes, we did vent to them. Um, how that came about is we were the last resort. They asked us, we happened to be in the area. We said, sure. Um, um, as a young entrepreneurs, uh, every penny counts. So yeah. um, I do apologize for that causing such a big issue. That was not for our intent. Um, so I think that was all the questions. We felt great. What's that? We felt kind of great. Ma'am, please. Thank you. That's a little. Gentlemen, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Don't go too far away when we have questions for you. Okay. So as we, as we bring this back to the commission, um, Sandy, um, I'd like to uh, get some clarity on just what it is that's in front of us to approve tonight. And as I look at, uh, it's unfortunate we can't share a slide. If I look at page five in the staff report, um, there's a figure two um, that's called the conceptual future use of Evergy lease area. And it's it's got a, um, a few items that are marked. A is the residence, B is an outbuilding, and then item C, a gray box, which I understood to be the, the new area that this conditional use permit would be applied to. Is that, am I thinking about that correctly? Um, essentially, yes. So the item specifically is for equipment storage, and if you look at condition number 1D, that storage of that equipment is explicit to the, the property owner's construction business right-way solution. So we've talked about, or you've heard the terms home occupation, you've heard landscaping business. All of those components um, have some element of this project, but specifically the use is for equipment storage. The equipment would be stored in the existing outbad, uh, outbuilding that is shown on that, that one figure there as uh, item B, and then the 60 by 90 um, exterior gravel area would also be used for the parking predominantly of the truck so and that does not exist yet is that correct i think they've actually been working on that piece of it okay um, they can confirm that and then that figure that you saw in the staff report on page five that is the conceptual future um, that was a discussion that that staff county staff planning staff and the applicant had to understand what their vision is if evergy does get approved by the county and yes Evergy did go in clear the ground remove the trees add the gravel that that work has clearly happened that was a completely separate process that's a, not, that's not a separate consideration tonight. piece of what what you are being asked to consider um, and so they so we did talk about what what they might want to do with that future, and that would be moving that equipment storage from where it's being pro proposed right now with the existing building in that uh, smaller gravel pad to being moved to the future in the back if, if and when they can finance that improvement. As far as the lighting question goes, I will take just a moment to respond to that. That uh, confusion, I think, has been introduced by staff. Um, we have a number of conditions that we added um, 
to clarify what this use is. In one of those, the applicant did, does not have plans for lighting. What we wanted to do, make clear, was that if anything changes in the future and you want to put, say, security lighting, that it has to meet county code, that it has to be shielded, it has to be directed down. And so that's why we added this language the way you see it in the staff report, uh, particularly to add the notes um, number one, A through G, are really to, to try to tie down very expressly what this use is for and what it cannot be used for. They can't expand, they can't park boats, the equipment that is stored must be restricted to the equipment of their business. Um, they have a fairly small contained uh, area of where they can um, store that equipment both in the building and in that, that smaller gravel yard in the front. If their business grows and they find that they have a lot more equipment, a lot more employees, uh, a need to have a larger parking area, then we're going to need to revisit the conditional use permit because they're probably going to be storing that equipment in an area larger than what has been site planned. Um, those, those are kind of the, the key things that I can think of. The Evergy uh, issue, I had been talking with the county before I left for vacation. Um, they did not have a scheduled date of when they were going to reconsider uh, the Evergy piece. Um, and so what we did with the um, staff report was to recommend they can have one driveway. The, the property owner has expressed an interest in which driveway they would like, um, but they're going to have to work that out with the, with the county, county public works. Um, is there anything else I didn't cover in your question? I wanted some clarity in the difference between those things. Thank you very okay. much for that. Sure. Very much right. So with that foundation, who would like to start? I have a question for staff. Um, so I happened to, um, for different reasons, attend the county commission where the TBU okay. was discussed. And it, all of the work, a large portion of the work was all done without approval done ahead of time. And I think that's why it's being deferred and why the county um, commission ha um, has not yet decided that issue. So in light of that, right, thinking that all, a lot of the work has been done that was being requested in the TBU, um, for the CUP, when you were looking at those factors and you were evaluating the property, were you looking at what is currently there that was done in violation of, of the rules and the TBU? Or were you evaluating what the property had that work not been done, the gravel not put in, been put in, and things like that, right? So I guess I'm interested yeah. in how the work that should not have been done, that being yeah. done, how that affects the analysis of the CBU. So it, it was... Both of those considerations went into the drafting of the staff report. So we tried to, in the body of the staff report, really describe the natural characteristics of that lot, of that property, have absolutely been altered. Um, there's no getting that back. Now, there, there are things that can be remediated, and you see that in the applicant's future concept plan. Um, but also, the request before us and the request that was made for staff to review is this thing, not this thing. So while I recognize what's going on with Evergy, 
it, I don't have any criteria to be able to really address that. Um, I spent a lot of time talking with one of the other planners that sat in on the pre-submittal as well as county staff that sat in on the pre-submittal understanding what the scope of that discussion was. Um, so both sides of that coin were considered. Okay, but when we're thinking of like the character and all of that, it is the character as as currently sits in the with the work that shouldn't have been done. Yeah, it, it absolutely, it should have uh, gone through a proper process and it's incredibly unfortunate and disheartening that it, that didn't happen. Um, had I been here last week, I would have been able to field phone calls. Um, so I still have email that I'm still sorting through. Um, I, Thank you. We'll go from there. Thank you. Okay. That answers my question. Just to click into that just one time to make sure I understand, do the applicants have anything at all to do with that issue on the process of the business unit and whatever G did or didn't do? I, I'm not sure I really understood who knew what when, um, but from the applicant, from Evergy, from the county. Um, was it the applicant's responsibility to file for the business permit? The, the TBU would have been the should have been the responsibility of Evergy to do that. Um, I know that the applicant, they acquired the property. I think there was some misunderstanding um, in terms of what was required. Um, so we had to play a little bit of catch up with the applicant, educating them about what the conditional use permit process is, what's required, what the time frame is. Um, so they were already, I think, in the process of uh, rehabbing the property and getting ready to, to move forward with their business of at least storing the vehicles there. So I think that activity probably was going on certainly before you're considering it tonight. Jim, thank you. Um, I have another question uh, sure. regarding the expansion of the business. Oh. Um, is there any limit on how many employees they can have there or um, vehicles parked in the, in the area that are related to the business? Um, that is not a condition that staff proposed. It is, that is within the boundary of what the Planning Commission can recommend. Okay. Um, it is limited by the area that they have identified on their site plan, so that 60 by 80 or so gravel pad in the front and the, and the building. If we were to get a complaint from property owners or a passerby that they're seeing that activity spread out across the property, um, that would be investigated by the county staff. We would contact the applicant and let them know, hey, you're in violation of your conditional use permit. If they're saying, well, our business is expanding and we really need more um, more space for that storage, then we would counsel them then that they need to come in and make a request for a revised conditional use permit. Um, we work to try and get properties to come into compliance rather than to be punitive with them. Um, that is both up to the Planning Commission and the County Commission how you want to structure any additional con uh, condition. You could certainly limit um, the business that they can have not more than X number of vehicles or they cannot store equipment beyond the boundaries um, of what's shown on the conditional use permit. Uh, so there's some flexibility the commission has there in terms of how you want to structure that. Thank you so much. Sure. 
I guess I have another question for Sandy. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I, I'm not sure if, if you know or not. And um, as far as the selection of the driveway, right, mm -hmm. um, I understand only one driveway can be had. Um, and the, the culvert and the um, setback that was required for like the frontage road and whatnot. It's my understanding that as currently built, it, it may not be what would have been done had they gone through the proper or been allowed had they gone through the proper channels. And I'm just curious if you have spoken with um, the um, engineer to like figure that, figure that out. Um, and if they were to select driveway two, right, what were to, mm -hmm. what was to be happen if that was done not in compliance, even though it is currently in compliance or currently yeah. constructed. So I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of curious. There's a lot going on here and, and I'm trying to there gather the facts. Sure. Um, I have not spoken directly with the county public works director on this. Um, I had that question to county zoning staff. They fielded that question. So that's, that's kind of where we came back up with the, the condition that they can only have one and whatever that design is that's going to have to go back through County Public Works to to make sure that that design is correct uh, beyond that I, I can't really answer anything more okay thank you saying that you you may not oh <laughs> you may not know the answer but the applicants might the the area, not Evergy, but the other area, had you started to put down gravel for that lay down area for you guys, storage area? The, we, 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 are you talking, we are putting gravel, well, we grabbed the existing driveway and the drive that was in front of the shop. We're redoing that, adding more gravel to it because it's about gone. And we did start a little bit of pad on the side so far, which we'd like to get to we, the full. We have a, a pile of gravel right yeah. now that's sitting there um, ready to go in a over in that. Yeah, yeah. ready so. for that, that new parking area. It was hard for me to notice that when, despite saying that the Evergy part is separate from, I mean, I, I've never seen a wider driveway, uh, more gravel in my life than there. But for, as a neighbor, you can't separate those. Have you guys ever sat down with your neighbors and talked to them? We sent letters out about um, three weeks to a month ago uh, with our name and address. No, we have not went and Because I think some of the questions that I heard neighbors talk about mm -hmm. You tried to answer them, saying we're not planning on lighting. Here's what our, I, I would certainly recommend, if if they would let you, I would certainly recommend that you sit down and say, guys, here's what our plans are. This is really where we are. We are new to this. There are things we're not sure, as you said, what's going to happen in the future. Hope you're wildly successful. But I would say you need to sit down and, and talk and answer questions from the neighbors. I've been up that road dozens and dozens and dozens of times, and I was stunned when I saw what's there that is not of your doing, <laughs> but it is still a part of what I went, wow. 
So I, I, my recommendation would be you meet, if the neighbors would do that, that you, that you sit down and, and talk with them. Yeah, we did think about that, and we figured, you know, a lot of some people don't want strangers walking up to their house. That's why we did the letter thing, left our phone numbers on it. I was like, well, they, have, they can contact us if they want to talk. And that's so it's kind of like, I mean, anymore, after the COVID, people get really skittish about people just walking to people's houses. I mean, you gotta admit, it's a weird times right now. Um, so we was like, all right, let's do this and then see where it goes from there. So and you two, I would just say, you two sounded as sincere as could be about how you got to this point. Yeah. And coming out to the unincorporated areas and just doing things is is not very welcome. So I, I would hope that maybe after this meeting, you could meet with the people that are here and talk to them. Uh, Can I ask a follow-up to that? So um, one of your, the neighbor that lives, I think, in front of your property mentioned she's concerned about security. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have anything in place to, you know, keep the property locked up or, you know, how do you prevent? Uh, There's no, we'd have to put a fence up. Okay. Well, I mean, we could put a fence up, but I guess to me, when it comes to security, we don't have, nobody comes out to the shop. We don't give addresses out there. So... Joe Smollett comes out there to do whatever, is probably going to be doing it anyway. So, I mean, if anything, our place would probably look more appetizing to Rob than anybody else's. So, maybe we're, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's not like a, there's no showcases or anything. Yeah, I mean, again, just, like, like, like Commissioner you know. Thomas said, probably something that you guys should oh, talk, sure. yeah. talk to your neighbors about, make them feel sure. like, I mean, you know, you know our, our mowers and our, our expensive equipment are going to be stored inside a locked building. And then we're going to have, we'll have four or five trailers in our trucks parked outside. Okay. Outside of that, I mean, they'd have to steal our trucks and trailers or break into the... the and and uh, just one one other question. Nothing hazardous, correct? I mean, no, no. equipment, you're not thinking, there, there's not going to be, it's just like stuff you guys use in your day-to-day -day yeah. jobs. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Nothing, Evergy's not going to put something out there that... Or, you know, unexpected or something like that. Or well, when it comes to average, I... Yeah, okay, but I yeah. understood, understood. No, As for no, it should all just be uh, equipment Okay. or whatever G does, I, yeah, okay. I would seriously doubt they're going to. Okay, thank you. So, yeah. Thanks. Yes, please. I have a question for the applicants. Could you tell us um, about the kind of daily and weekly schedule of um, your vehicles coming in and out of the property? Sure. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? How many are there? Um, like when do they leave? When do they come back? Because you know, you know, some of your neighbors have talked about traffic. Yeah, so we, um, right now, with the summer heat, we ask our guys to show up at 7.30. So 7.30 in the morning. Um, we have, uh, I believe, four working vehicles right now. We have five, but one's broke down. Um, so we have uh, two mowing crews. So we'll have those two trucks with trailers and the mowers leaving around eight o'clock. And then we have uh, like a landscape crew that leaves about the same time. So we should have four trucks leaving plus Jared and I. So six, six trucks leaving eight o'clock, 8.30, coming back four o'clock, 4.30, five o'clock. Okay. 
So in and out, you know. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sandy, a question, please. Sandy, just for understanding, why why aren't two driveways allowed? What's the what's the rationale for that? Just curious. I just wanted. To. Um, I don't know the county regulations well enough. Um, typically, it would depend on the uh, classification of the road, whether it is um, a collector or an arterial road. You typically are looking for fewer for. Fewer curb cuts to facilitate the traffic. Um, uh, it also tends to look at the frontage length that you have of a property along. Um, th those are usually the two criteria. Sure. Beyond that, I couldn't answer. Okay, thank you. Hey, Sandy, before you go, <clears throat> one of the questions um, asked uh, was um, about the five-year review process. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk through for the neighbors what that looks like and how they would be involved? Sure. Um, typically, the five-year process it occurs at an administrative stage. So the property is reviewed usually by county staff. They may bring in the project planner or another planner if that planner has retired. Then um, if the property is found to be in compliance, then they will um, make a report of that and then um, then there's, then there's probably nothing else. At 10-year mark, the applicant is responsible for coming back to um, basically make the new application. Now, a conditional use permit, just like a, a special use permit in the city, has the ability that it can be revoked. Um, and revocation happens through a very specific process. There's a complaint, the applicant or the property owner makes no effort to come into compliance with um, what the conditions were or whatever, and then that will go through the process back to the county commission. County commission will hold the public hearing with notice and they could potentially revoke that conditional use permit and then, and then the applicant would be shut down. Um, so those are the two processes. In that five-year process, do um, you look at any feedback from neighbors that's been received from day one through Yes. You know, that five years. Yeah, so that we would. would. Be, that would be the way that. Yes. So. Yeah. Through throughout our documentation process, if any complaint that we ever get about a conditional use permit, about a site plan, staff will generally open up some kind of investigation, whether it's uh, planning staff or county zoning staff, and then we continue to communicate back and forth about what that issue is. Um, and then that's that's where, say, in less than that five years, and there continues to be uh, problems, challenges, whatever, um, that could be a recommendation from from staff, and I use that term universally, to go to county commission to um, initiate the revocation process. Off the top of my head, I don't know the notification requirements for revocation. I'd have to look that up, um, but I believe there is some notice that goes with that. Right. Um, oftentimes, um, conditional use will run with the land. In this case, um, I think it was, uh, um, yeah, on, on 1D, 
um, it is specifically calls out um, the, the specific use is limited to rightway solutions LLC yes it is um, so would that preclude prohibit additional businesses from starting there if they yes if they created rightway solutions to LLC would that require a separate use permit then yes it would that that provide some measure of protection on yes and this this language is something that I was informed of during the process that 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 language is being uh, requested really at the from the County Commission to make sure that again that conditional use permit is being tied very specifically to both the property and to the operator of the business so you'll be seeing that kind of language uh, coming forward in other applications. Right. I have a question about that, actually. Sure. Um, I just want to make sure I understand, because this came up last month or something. I think it was a special use permit, though. So I just want to make sure from staff that, or I guess your staff, <laughs> make sure from staff that the CUP and the special permit use, like th that's a difference between them, right? Because it's my understanding that 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 it ran we couldn't do anything or add anything to the conditions in order it was the um the house the um the assisted house um last month and, and it was like it, it yes another entity could come and purchase the house and and run another kind of of business out of it um recovery business or something out of it and so i'm just curious if, the, if we can do that, like, can we tie and tie it to the owner? And is that because it's a CUP and not an SUP and just that kind of thing? I'm trying to go back in my head about 30 <laughs> days and, and recall that whole conversation. Um, if I remember it correctly, the, because the business was enumerated in the special use permit, which is very much identical to how the CUPs work in the county code, if the because that also the owner was purchasing the property. So if the special use permit was granted at that point in time with a different ownership and that ownership group would change, then that would be a bit of a issue with that special use permit. So in that case, there was that issue of the land transference occurring, if I remember it correctly, but I may not have that all the way right. That is correct. That was a portion of, of it. But, but the, the thought was even once the owner and the operator were the same person, right, that we couldn't, no, we could not limit it. Some people were concerned that it might be a recovery house for some additional things other than what was specific for this specific entity that was going to run it or to own it and run it. And I thought that the conversation landed at we can't tie it to a specific, it runs with the land, not with whoever, not the applicant. Correct. Well, these are very similar in those respects. They will run with the land unless there is some special provision in the code that's accounted for that would require it to not run with the land, kind of what you see in the solar solar systems uh, text note that you have in front of you. But most typically, these would run with the land and be specified to the owners at that point in some respects. So the ownership may change, but it would be that person would have the permission of that conditional use permit to do whatever it has been approved for for that time frame. Okay, so so it can be limited to bright bright brightway to this particular applicant. You you and can that will limit run it, with the CUP. It, so no matter who were to to purchase it, then that would condition would stay. That you're referring to condition one F. Oh. 
yeah, in, or just in the, the language. Of can, yeah, can, yeah, I mean, I, we've had something similar, and I and I apologize because I'm not familiar with what happened last month, but I can tell you in the city um, we've had a number of um, daycare conditional use permits where we've said in the past that um, the use is permitted in that if the owner operator of that child care center changes that staff has to be notified and that was more uh, especially a number of years ago so that if staff got a complaint we knew who we had to talk to so the use activity didn't change it was still a daycare um, but that was a condition that got added um, a number of years for, for a number of years regarding that particular use. I don't know if that helps or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I but, don't know that it answers the question. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that explanation, but I'm not sure. I just am wondering if legally um, it can be limited to one to one business, or if we approve this CUP and then it turns out that that doesn't stand, it's like, oh, well, but we have the CUP, so this other entity can do these things. Well, this is specific to equipment storage. So if either Rightway Solutions incorporates as Rightway Solutions number two, and then they want to do the boat and RV storage, and these are all hypothetical, I don't, I don't want to say that this is what the plan is, they would be obligated before they could do that activity, they have to seek the new conditional use permit to have that new activity, that new use there. Yeah. They can't just expand that. Um, this is not equipment storage so that in that and that's part of why it was written the way it was so that it's that's right way solutions. It's not equipment storage. I can't have my own uh, moving company and then contract with Rightway Solution to rent land to store my moving trucks when they're not moving. Okay. Okay. No, I, I get it. I'm so, just trying to the adding yeah. the adding in the name is just so interesting because we've discussed it multiple yeah. times, and I thought we've always landed on the fact that you can't limit it to like a person or an entity, and so that's why I was just struggling with this. But I suppose either way, it's still going to be equipment storage for construction type equipment. Yes, and and, and specific to this, so it's not it's not a commercial activity that is like self-storage and you can go park your trucks there. Okay. And just a reminder to the commission, you do have the ability to recommend different language for those sections. So if there, you do have some discomfort or want to add or subtract from those, you do have that ability to recommend other language going forward to the county commission. And, and I actually like the language a lot and it's my understanding that they requested it perhaps I just wanted to make make sure that it was even possible yeah. like legally possible I don't yeah. want to be adding a condition and then um, I'm this is where I'm missing carbon yeah. Yeah. and we past conversation. yeah yeah yeah, and we, yeah. Um, uh, question for Sandy before yeah. we sit down again uh, one of the uh, members of the public asked about um, owner occupied residences as opposed to you know um, uh, rentals and I just wanted to confirm that the arrangement as laid out the status quo it, you know it runs with the land use for the zoning and not with you know who is residing in the property in this, can you clarify yes that? in this particular case this is not a home-based business regardless of the fact that an employee resides in that house so you have 
multiple land uses going on for this property. You have the residence. It will continue to be a residence regardless of who is living there or renting the residence. Um, I, again, I didn't review this project, so I don't have the details of um, the county's home occupation. Um, I believe there are some requirements on home occupation uses about occupancy and residency. Um, that's not what's before you. <laughs> Great, thanks, I just wanted to sure. clarify. Yes, John? So, so the people that came and spoke, I, I heard several of you say, we've talked with other county officials, county commissioners, can't get answers. Are there questions tonight that you would like to have answered that have not gotten answered? Because this would be the, sure, come up there. So, Commissioner Thompson, I, I want to ask us to, are you asking to open public comment back up? I am asking the people. If you have specific questions, I would ask you to do that. But That I, is a specific question. Do you have questions that you did not get answered? Go ahead. Well, I'm not for sure how specific it is, but uh, the, the, Evergy part of this stuff has still not never been approved and this, it's just it's all tied together you know and like it's it's one dash two and one hasn't been approved so how can two be approved when it's it's kind of a jumbled up mess really it's so it's yes and no hasn't been answered I guess <laughs> it's kind of hard to hard to understand if that makes sense it makes sense to me I, I would like to yes um, I it looks like there might be another question that hasn't been answered and I, I don't mean to cut that off but I, I think that 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 question is, is actually valid and although <laughs> you weren't quite sure what you were asking I think I understood what you were asking because I was at that meeting um, and so um, I, I do think that it is important for the people who've shown up here today to understand the process and for us to even think about um, the the process a lot happened with this particular piece of property um, and the way that things have unfolded really have highlighted for me personally some issues and some concerns I have with um, the way that the regulations are, are laid out, um, but it affects this property in a way that really does affect the CUP. And so as we think about, about it, it is, I mean, it, for me personally, when I evaluate the CUP, it does matter to me um, that a, a temporary business use was, has, it was, was pending and had not yet been decided upon, and parts of those t the TBU is putting the land back to the way that it was and this this cup affects that and it affects and i believe um it was a public meeting and at the meeting i believe that the representative said you know that they would leave it if the owners wanted them to leave it and and i so i just think that this is much more complicated than what we're seeing here tonight mm -hmm. And I and I under so I understand why the neighbors are not even sure what to 
ask because I also am not even sure what to ask. What I do know is that I'm not comfortable um, approving the CUP in this way because of the way that the two pro the processes um, interact in, in a way that, um, and the work then that was actually already started and there are some violations and and there was discussion about, well, it's done, it's done now and it's better to use this property because it's already been altered. But to me personally, as a resident of Douglas County, that makes me worried that then people can just go out and roguely start doing work without getting the proper permits and proper permission. And then we say, well, that's okay, it's been done, so what do we do about it now? Um, and and it's not just um, the, the CUP. I mean, I have already started communication with staff um, because of this specific project about the, the TBU process. And this particular TBU is for like 10 years. Um, and if I remember correctly, and I just think that they go hand in hand in a way that isn't being clearly presented. Um, and it really feels like some hiding of the ball, which probably is not happening. But I can see for the residents who are here today that that's, that's how they feel. And, and I just um, wanted to at least get that on the record. And I can't directly answer your question, but I think I understand what your question is. I think you get it. <laughs> and you also had something you didn't take. Was it come up to the microphone, though? Yes. Come. Charlie? Yes. I'm gonna, we're not going to open public comment back up. Ma'am, if, if you've been asked, please please continue. And then we're going to stop there with, with public comment. Please. Yes, ma'am. Well, mine is a two-part question. One, I ask about the property tax, how this will affect property tax out there in accordance to their business versus private homes was one thing. And the way I understood your young lady explaining that the culvert system is not under your privy, that we have to go to somebody else for that, is that correct? That's correct, on both matters. On what, the taxes? So this body doesn't deal with property tax issues. It's not inside of what we think. We only think about land use, period. That's all we consider. And culverts are gonna be dealt okay, with. Okay, then right is there, is it set up the way it is? They can only use the ground in between the house and the shed or barn or whatever you call it for their equipment? I, th I don't think that they're limited in the use. Go ahead, Sandy, please. Yeah. In terms of what they can use their property under the current application that is before you tonight, they're restricted to using the building, the accessory building, and I think it's the 60 by 80 or 60 by 90 piece of gravel between the residence and the accessory building. That is what this conditional use permit is for. That's where they can store their equipment associated with this particular application that you are considering. Doesn't have to do with the Evergy lot in the back. It does not. What they did do was show you a, a future of what they may want to do with it. And that's more, again, trying to be upfront 
with what their vision might be for this property. That, that was very helpful because I had been thinking that I was just going to look at the 60 by 90, the, what the CUP is. Yep. But then Commissioner Hayden um, talked about the Evergy part and that, that there was a potential for that going back. And so that's where I got a little confused because uh, it seems to me like they, they, the applicants could not just, just use the gravel park that Evergy built. That would, that would be an entirely new project, an expansion, and create a separate CUP if they were to think to use that gravel. So it's still possible that once Evergy is done with whatever it is they're doing here, that the requirement of Evergy could be to put, put that back. That is correct. correct. And so any, any use by the applicant currently tonight would require a separate permit. That is correct. That. So in my mind, then, then that, that helps is I'm, I'm, what I need to look at is the 60 by 90 gravel lot. That's correct. That's what I'm here to consider tonight. And, and the accessory building, it, well, both okay, of those. Yes. But yeah, yes. The, right, the yes. B and C. Yes. Right. So okay. just to add a little bit of clarity to that, mm -hmm. if, the, if the, the, the matter of Evergy's lot is, is resolved, that they must return that back to its original state. This won't have anything to do with that. It won't presuppose an outcome to that. That stands on its own. That is correct. All right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That helps. Okay. If I, I may, just a, a quick comment. I'm done. Sammy, thanks. Um, to me, this seems like a case study in differentiating between you know, what a proposal is and how a proposal got to where it is. And, um, you know, from my years on the commission, I think one of the greatest assets and greatest obstacles can be neighbors. And like Commissioner Thomas said, you know, uh, and and I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the applicant because as an entrepreneur, you're going in, you're trying to you're trying to make things succeed. You're being scrappy, you're being creative, but you know you you didn't acquire land. You moved into a neighborhood, and um, so you know going into this, you know, uh, on paper the particular applications almost seems open and shut to me because it's really low intensity. Um, you know, it's a handful of equipment. Um, the hours seem very amenable where you basically, you, you leave in the morning, you come back in the afternoon. There's not a lot of traffic, honestly. But um, the particular situation that you've gotten yourself into right now means that you know everybody has spent an additional hour just trying to go through all of this stuff and trying to separate where we've been from where we are i think i'm going to go ahead and support this but you know i'm just um it just and and it's it, it's really difficult for a future applicant to benefit from what we've all experienced tonight but um, you know the the time that one invests in in consulting with neighbors prior to getting to this stage is a the, the return on investment is incredibly high 
Um, because to have these same folks here tonight come back, come here and say, yeah, I know what this may look like, but they've talked to us and we feel like we have a really clear idea of what their vision is and we're all for it. You know, we, we would have been done here 45 minutes ago. So that's my only comment. I think I'm gonna go ahead and support this, but I've, this strikes me as a, as a cautionary tale, so. Thank you, Mr. Carter. That's good. Other comments? I do. Please. Um, yeah, I think this is um, a really, like I said, a really interesting thing. Um, and it, it, to me, it highlights um, also procedure and process um, and consequences, I think one of the neighbors mentioned. Um, and um, I'm very disheartened to see the way that this came about. And I do think that as unincorporated Douglas County is getting developed and um, people are moving in and their trucks are <laughs> flying by and are not exactly sure what's happening and the notice requirements are not particularly great for people who live out in the country because we live far, far apart from one another and, and you might not be a, you might be a neighboring landowner but, but, but barely. Um, I think that, that this, to me, is, is an issue I see with, with some of the procedures that we have. And as I mentioned before, I, I plan on working with staff with that. But this particular CUP came about in a way that is incredibly more complex, I think, um, and changes the property, na the neighborhood of the property. Um, and it, it's a little unclear to me what exactly the long-term plan is for this. And I feel like there um, has been less maybe not intentionally um, being untrans like not being transparent, but I feel like there's a, a lot of transparency that's been lost in this particular application, this particular piece of property, I should say, versus versus like the actual CUP versus a TBU, and there are different entities. But this particular prop piece of property is what I'm what I'm kind of considering and looking at, and and the factors and how the property will be affected. And I think I'll just inclined to vote against this um, because of the way that it was brought about, and because it is very unclear how this CUP fits in to everything else that's currently going on. It's not about, oh, this happened, and 10 years later, this other thing. It's like, there's something going on here, and nobody is really t transparently explaining what the plans for this piece of, piece of property really, really are. And I can see how the neighbors feel at a disadvantage and feel like taken advantage of by not having the proper, what I would consider a proper public process, not just behind the scenes being involved with the applicants. So I, I'm inclined to vote against it, or against recommending it. Thank you, Commissioner. Anyone else care to comment? I'll add a thought. Um, but for the disaster around Evergy's approach to the work that they did, this, I think, would have been a fairly straightforward low intensity use. I, uh, I have a, um, you know, I, I suppose a, a heart for this particular business type. They're, they're kind of orphans. It's difficult for them to find a place where they can operate inside or very close to the city limits. We've, because of those limitations, they're oftentimes forced out. And we've got a, a couple of applicants here trying to start a business that 
believe that they're going through those right processes. They didn't, they're not trying to hide that. They're not, they're not trying to just operate under the radar, but they're coming here asking for this CUP. Um, if I separate Evergy from this, and I, my sense is, I don't want to speak for anyone that's in the room, but the majority of the comments that I've heard were not about the 60 by 90 gravel piece that they're putting down and just operating business in and out. Small concerns around traffic legitimate, small concerns about where this might go legitimate. I believe we've answered those. I'm inclined to support because the Evergy component is still open and that this doesn't limit any options that might be there for the county to force compliance. If the idea is to return it um, back to its original use and if this CUP was specific or allowed use of, of that area, I would, I would be with you. I would say no. But given that that's a separate piece for another day, I'm inclined to support it for that reason. I, I am also. I, I was. We have, in the past, supported um, um, CUPs like this, where people have come and asked for storage. And as a neighbor, I, I cannot separate the whole property. It is. It is a huge. I don't even know. Terrible thing that they have been dealt. But the, the company itself, I would still say, you guys, you better sit and talk with those neighbors. It is extremely important to do that. So I am inclined to support this. Um, I, I have trouble compartmentalizing. It's a 60 by 90 foot hunk of gravel over here, not a three and a half acre over here. But we have supported several that I can think of in the past. So I, I will support this CUP. I just don't like people coming out in the unincorporated areas and trying to run roughshod over us. And I've used the word us. I, I, so I will support it. I, I am not a happy camper over some things, but I will support this. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Any other comments? Would you care to make a motion? Mr. DeBoer. I will find the language. Uh, so approve conditional use permit CUP 23-00158 for a equipment storage use located at 1805 East 200 Road based on the findings presented in the staff report subject to the conditions listed in the report and forwarding it to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you. Is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Broto. Um, any discussion? Before we vote, I will ask for a show of hands so we do this, um, just so we can make sure that we get everything really clear. Those in favor, uh, signify by saying aye and raise a hand. Aye. 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 Those opposed? No. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for caring and sharing. Seriously, really appreciate you.
On to light, la, item last, or second to last, do we have uh, any need for a break? Are we good to keep going? the last item. Yeah? Okay. All right. I'd like Let's, to last. Yes. There's one more item, I think. Yes. Uh, There's two items left. Two, two items, sorry. Two items left, yeah. Two items two left. Two items, yeah. Thank you. Um, I said that wrong. Thank you for that. Um, item one. One item. There's and then there's a one. There's one at the very bottom. It should be pretty fast. Miscellaneous. Oh, okay. <laughs> it should be pretty fast. All right. Last item up is um, number three on your scorecard. Um, considering approval of special use permit for daycare center operation at 346 Main Street and incomparable Sandy Day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sandy Day Planning. So the item before you is a special use permit for a daycare center. It's a use that is permitted in this district subject to this special use permit process. And it's an existing building that will be remodeled. I believe there was an article in the paper um, kind of summarizing some of the things that are going on with this property. They're, the only exterior improvement associated with this project is the addition of an outdoor play yard, which will be predominantly in the front and maybe wrap around a little bit on the side of the building. There is an existing um, circle drive that will have a little bit of improvement that allows for that drop-off. There is ample parking within the existing parking lot uh, for the site. There are no conditions associated with this request. There is no change of zoning associated with this request. The existing um, businesses that include uh, a pharmacy and a dentist office um, will remain. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. I know the applicant has um, been here waiting to speak with you as well. Very good. I'd hear from the applicant now. I think it's uh, you, Darren, is that right? Yeah. Chairman, Commissioners, Darren Ammon with Bartlett and West. Uh, thank you for your time. We don't have a specific presentation, but would request your support. I heard Sandy was going on vacation, so we tried to get no uh, no conditions of approval for this item. But uh, seriously, the Executive Director, Kim Polson of the Community Children's Center is here with me, and she'd like to say a few words, and she'll tell you just briefly about this important uh, addition to our community, and then we would appreciate your support, and I'll answer any technical questions that you may have. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Kim Polson, Executive Director of Community Children's Center. I know it's been a long evening, but I do just want to give you just a little bit of an overview of what is happening at 346 Main Street. And while we're talking specifically about a special use permit for a daycare, how much additional value added is happening in that space to support that early childhood education facility. So we're filling gaps with this with this building, with this project. Um, we are providing infant toddler care, which is very scarce in our community. We're providing overnight and weekend care, again, very scarce in our community. We want to make sure that we are filling gaps and value added opportunities whenever possible. We're also growing our own early childhood care professionals for Lawrence and Douglas County through an apprenticeship program that we're working with Peasley Tech. Um, and 
finally a family resource center for those families and children, not only who will be cared for in the facility, but for our entire community, making sure that we're creating an innovative early childhood safety net for our families with young children five and under. We're innovating and we were just awarded on Friday. We got word of almost a million dollars from the state um, through the Child Care Capacity Accelerator Grant and a quarter million of that was specifically related to us being an innovative community and trying new things to make system systemic change in the child care crisis in our, in our county. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions as well. Thank you. Any public comment? Anyone here in the, uh, the room to speak on this? Anyone online, Drew? Not seeing any. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to the commission. Yes. A quick question for the applicant. Could you talk a little bit about who your clientele, who you expect your clientele to be? Yes. Like whom will you be serving? Yeah, absolutely. Um, related to our clientele, we are making sure that we're creating a sustainable model within our child care facility. And that is a model of thirds, where a third of our children will be receiving um, child care subsidies through the Department for Children and Families. Another third will be community spaces that are open to anyone in the community needing access to high quality early care and education. But that will be on a sliding scale, so it will be more equitable for families. And then we also are uh, providing an innovative opportunity for employers to invest in the model and provide not only the opportunities to, to secure spaces for their employees who need them, but also to further subsidize the monthly tuition through payroll deduction. Okay, thank you. Yes. Just say that this is something that's obviously absolutely needed, and I just want to applaud the reuse of existing buildings and modification of reuse. That's just that's what we're trying to do yeah. uh, with part of infill, part of Plan 2040. Yeah. Um, it's excellent that you've been able to reuse an, an existing structure. If I may, I'd, I'd, mm -hmm. I'd concur that like this is an essential key in a successful economy. Um, I know that's not a land use concern, but it's a but it's a strong sentiment. And um, also, uh, this particular property. I mean, I literally, like, f from a child through being a parent, um, I have spent countless hours within those walls. I mean, that's where my pediatrician was when I was a kid. Dr. Gillis, shout out. Um, and uh, you know, and um, you know, as a as a parent, you know. So it's just like you know, it's it's like that. The, the, the energy around that, that property has got to be really positive. So that really applaud you for that. So. David, you sound almost giddy. Thank well, I think it's great. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, I'm very I think sure. that is terrific. Very, very happy. Yes. That is terrific. It's, uh, it seems ready-made mm -hmm. for that purpose. It sure does. Anyone else? Other thoughts, comments? Um, I, 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 I'm 100% supportive of it. Just, just a couple of questions. Uh, given that it's 24 by 7, is there going to be any um, 
effort to reduce the impact of people driving up maybe like late at night, early in the morning um, on the neighbors? Is there any thought of how you would direct traffic or encourage people to enter? I mean, just a plan for that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, there's nothing that shifts any um, direction or areas in which are currently used by the neighbors of the property. Um, so it's still basically, if you're looking at that South Circle Drive, that already exists and has not been a problem with the neighbors or coming in through the north parking lot side, which again has not been a concern. So we're not adding um, stressors to the neighbors, particularly to the east. Um, and actually one of the amazing things, again, about this building is the fact that we will be able to um, continue to care for children in a, in a new um, in a new way, but also the fact that we were able to do it in the center area of Lawrence in a way that we are able to serve both neighbors and residents who need childcare, as well as employers and employees who are in the area. Thank you. Yeah. Any comments, questions, thoughts? You want to make a motion? I'll make, I'll make a motion. I'd be happy. I, no, no, I'd be happy to make a motion. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, right. Commissioner. Um, I move that we recommend approval of the special use permit SUP-23-00164 to permit the establishment of a daycare center use at 346 Main Street based on the findings presented in the staff report and forwarding the application to the city commission with a recommendation for approval. Thank you. Second. Commissioner Ashworth. Second. Discussion? Uh, those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Congratulations. So one last item before we uh, call it a night, call it a month. Um, some many months ago, um, the uh, uh, planning department took on a project to uh, update the land development code. Mm. And the city commission uh, chartered uh, that group with uh, naming a a, a commission, a, 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 a committee uh, for members across the community and, and had one slot available for the planning commission. Um, Jim Carpenter um, took that slot knowing that he wasn't going to be a member of the commission long enough to fulfill the multi-year project and I was asked to or volunteered was eager to um, participate in what we call a shadow capacity knowing that when Mr. C uh, Carpenter uh, left the commission that I would become the full-time. I, I took on that shadow role so that I could stay um, current with, up to speed with all the things that were going on that way then when the time came we wouldn't have a gap in continuity representing the Planning Commission. The item before us tonight is um, uh, for you to decide uh, if you want to appoint me to continue that work um, um, in the uh, Land Development Code Update Steering Committee. I, I'll make a motion. Thank you. Motion to appoint Commissioner Rex Road to the Land Development Code Update Steering Committee. Is there a second? Second. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, those, oh, discussion? Those in favor, thank aye. You. Oh, thank you. <laughs> where do you find the time to serve as a shadow commissioner when you're not even actually on the I, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you just how much I enjoy <laughs> what we no. do. I'm so, it's just, it just, it's so meaningful to me. Uh, those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you all so much. And uh, I guess we have to have a motion to adjourn. Mm -hmm. So moved. Second. Second.
Second. Any discussion? In favor, aye. 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 Opposed? And we're out. Thank you. Thank you, staff, so much. All right. Well done. Thank you.